don't know if you heard about this, Dan. Adam and I are on probably on sure. the internet more than you. September 20th, we're raiding Area 51. Oh, God, this thing? Those are the nerds. We're going, man. Okay, uh, hey. there's a very clear reason why I cannot do it. Do you know why I've been awake since 3.30 a.m.? Have you been prepping to go to Area, 50, to Area 51? Because I'm woke, man. Because I got woke at 3.30 a.m. And we're going to Area 51. By, like, your new dog? 51. Yeah, by my new dog who chewed my fucking TV remote. So that's what new dogs chewed do. it. Also, up. also what toddlers do. I should show you the horror scene that is my old net, my old Xbox remote. Yeah. Um, because my grandma watches the kids a lot, we had to get like a remote control looking controller for my Xbox because that's how we stream it. Netflix and all this other yeah. stuff. My eldest daughter, who's, you know, eldest by t- eight minutes because I have twins. Dan, we're talking about Area 51. I know. She has eaten this thing. To the electronic components deep down inside. All of the rubber, everything else is gone. Well, I have no idea where the rest of it is. She may be... Part alien. A pit, part alien. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. No, the thing about the Area 51 that's been really killing me is the amount of celebrities that are all like, yeah, we'll do it. I'm like, guys, you're storming a military base. Yeah. It's not going to go well for you. And I know they say, some of them, they can't kill us all. I'm going to tell you I'm right now they sure can. They, yeah, they, I'm going to tell you right yeah. now they can. And they will. They will just flip it to automatic, right? Like, that's... It's a switch on the side of the fucking fire. Or even, there's plenty, it's in the middle of a desert. They can see them coming from very far oh, Let's away. be honest, they have alien fucking technology. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, they got alien guns. Why, like, just zap, 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 bye. Exactly, exactly. Don't want to are your friends. There's <laughs> mind flares in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I maybe people will show up to this raid. Maybe three people or something. And maybe they'll try it. And maybe they'll do whatever. I don't no know. No one's going to fucking show up. It's going to be September 21st and there's going to be, like, people have photoshopped their heads in front of a fucking Area 51 sign on a chain link fence. Yeah. And they're going to be like, where was everybody? I was here. And it's, Or there's going to be, like, six guys in fucking V for Vendetta masks yeah. going, oh, we, we were here and no one else showed up and we're, fuck you guys. No one's going to Area 51. We all know it. The joke's not funny. Move on to the next thing. Go to Area 51 yeah. because... I just want to see if you will. And if you do, it's it's on you. They will shoot you. Anyway. 100% they'll shoot you. You know what? No. If you go, I will have the utmost respect for you. If you live, I don't believe you went. Yeah. Sacrifice yourself for my entertainment is the point. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And mine, please. Dan? <laughs> Dan, do you want to get in on this? Uh, no, because I think people should just not be idiots and you know try to make the world a better place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but some of them are. So many fucking things that we need to be worried about. Not storming Area 51. It should be on that list. How about we storm the fucking uh, child concentration camps? Preach. Can, can we can Preach. we do that? Yeah. Can we fucking get rid of that crazy ass nonsense? Is there is there aliens there? Uh, no. Yes. Don't, oh, you know, in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I see what you did. Dan made a joke about immigration and cruelty to children. Everybody heard it. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I had a point to make, but this is it, Dan. You're, you Dan, ruined the podcast Dan, again. Dan bit the inside of his lips as though he realized this mistake. You guys, I made a terrible see, mistake. You should see the look on his face. He's a bad person. Do you not like foreign people, Dan? I love foreign people. I married one. <laughs> uh, you two are foreign. I'm not foreign. I'm British. Therefore, everybody else is foreign. <laughs> Well, if, you have, sets, right? if you have my queen on your money or my country's colors in your flag, you are foreign. <laughs> Where does the maple syrup play in? Like, why does it's our money in... smell like maple syrup? Why is that a thing? It doesn't. It, it it's, doesn't. It's a people freaking who, joke. The money doesn't smell like maple syrup. The people who handle it, their hands smell like maple syrup. Oh, it's because the main mint is it's out probably in probably made like in Quebec. Quebec. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Quebec. 
Anyway, can I just take a second and say we should all storm Quebec? Yes. <laughs> I'm on board with that. <laughs> Fucking Montreal. Uh, okay, we won't Daniel, be able, we won't be able to read the directions when we get there, though. We'll have no idea what's going on. Okay, on that bombshell, roll... Oh, shit, I said bombshell. <laughs> just roll it real quick. Oh, my goodness. We're only getting better and better at this, I'm telling you. <laughs> Best cold open I know. ever. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. Bonjour, mesdames et messieurs. Bienvenue au spectacle It's a Mimic. À ma gauche est Adam et Daniel. Bonjour, mes amis. Bonjour. Bonjour. For those of you at home, I don't know if you've heard, a week after this episode is released, uh, we have a law in Canada where in any business or place where something is, um, is has text on it, we have to have both English and French. And coming up in Canada very soon, that law is actually being transferred to the spoken word. And therefore, everything that we say in English on this podcast will be immediately followed by the same words in French. So look forward en to français. that. En français. En français. There we go. Okay. Bullshit. That's, that's what I know. So. That's, that's, that's it. That's en français. Yeah, en français. Right. Well, we were recording a thing the other day and I said, uh, I am, what was it? I am Dan. Well, I believe you said I am France. Just French. Just <laughs> France. I believe you said I am France. <laughs> I'm all of France. <laughs> Anyway, we don't do much of the French thing out here at West. That was just a lie. Anyway, chaps, we're talking about rogues today. That's oh, going to be our class episode. Rouges, indeed. And I should have brought my notes up earlier, but here we go. Okay. So we're going to talk about rogues. We'll talk about the archetypes. And then we'll talk about how we maybe want to uh, put our own spin on things and how we maybe want to recreate some things. Okay, but first, let's go through rogues um, as a general sort of overview. So we see rogues as the, the typical kind of assassin or thief, the sneaky peaky kind of hood up. Uh, you don't like the you don't like the term sneaky peaky. No, I love you. Are oh, you you love the term? Uh, probably wearing black eyeliner. Um, is everything okay? I'm absolutely fine. What did you do? Did I, you take a I, picture of me? No, I'm sending Dan nudes. <laughs> I appreciate Oh, it's supposed to, to go to you. Shit. <laughs> okay. That's true. Um, Get so, that looked at. <laughs> by professional. You think so? Like, uh, yeah. I, I it have, shouldn't have a growth like that. I have a professional looking at it. Oh, we should specify what kind of professional. The, no, no, no. Like like the type that... Like a pro? No, like the, the type that is in the CDC. <laughs> Nova Scotian beer just came up my nose. <laughs> All right, back on topic. Okay, the sneaky, yeah, sneaky right. thief and assassin type. <laughs> is, are you new? Is how most people will look at the archetype of the rogues. You want to just keep going here? But let's go through some key class features as well. I'll be honest. I got a key class because of locks. So. Oh, very clever. See? I, no, I'm, I'm not going to say it next week. I, I, right. Very good. I'm not going to say much. I'm going to listen for puns. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, chaps. I never used to be that into rogues because I was kind of, I always saw it as, okay, they're all that Vaxial Dan, emo, hood over the eyes. They, they play into as a raven. that trope as... Uh, they're edgelords. They're all they're, yeah. they're edgelords. They're like warlocks. They're all edgelords. That's but why we've paired them. I know wow. we'll talk later about how we think we can get past that, but let's just go through the class key features so that we can uh, we know what we're working with and we kind of adjust from there, Okay. Hit dice, 1d8 per rogue level. That's pretty standard. I think that's pretty standard. They're going to get in the thick of things. I think it's pretty fair. They're going to be moving in and out of the thick of things. I think there's no uh, justification for it to be a d6 like a wizard at all. That's pretty standard. Um, armor, light armor, the nice and light sneaky peaky. Weapons, simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, and short swords. Long swords, 
I think for most types can be seen as unusual, but I think a couple of ideas I have would justify using long swords, and I guess it depends on how you want to play your rogue, but yeah. Um, tools, they have proficiency with uh, with thieves tools. Their saving throws are dexterity intelligence. And for skills, they get to choose any four from acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth. In one breath. Nicely done. Do you like that? Yeah. I have... They're the skill monkeys. They have, what, they, they have the most... Skills out of any other class. Nope, that was four. Right. Well, no, no, the the most to choose. Well, the well no, guards get any skill, right? Yep. Um, but they get four. Yeah, that, that's the most out of any class. No other class gets more than. Yeah, four. but you, but you can boost depending on whether or not you're doing your backstory or your background, yeah. right? Like four is a lot, but it's not game breaking. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying it's game breaking. No, just, if they're just not the skill monkey they were in previous editions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was it in three point five? Uh, eight plus int modifier skill ranks. Mm-hmm. Is ridiculous. Yeah. I, I made a sound as though I agreed with you. Like I knew what you were talking about. I have no idea. I'll try and get the rest of it out in one breath. I have large lungs. In fact, I am known for the size of my organ in most counts. Okay. Equipment. Dan, you dropped your head as though you don't understand. I'll be. No, no. I'm, I'll you're be talking very about clear. your penis. No, you're oh! talking about his piano. Jesus, Dan. No, that's what pianist. The hell? His piano player. No, his organ. His, his piano. Oh. Right? Like he's all Phantom of the Opera. Over Look at here. these fingers. Look at these fingers. Magic fingers. Organ players' fingers, they are. Organs and trumpets. Okay, starting equipment. Uh, you can choose from a, a rapier or a short sword. Uh, next line down, you can shoot from a short bow uh, with a quiver of 20 arrows or a short sword. A burglar's pack, a dungeoneer's pack, and an explorer's pack. We just said a couple of minutes ago that we're going to do a deeper dive in an episode into the mundane items and the kits. Because yeah, I, 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 don't think, think, I don't think we said that on air, but I'm totally on board with that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so am I. Because I think... No, between us, we said. Yeah. Um, because I think they're so underused, and the equipment that you get in there, you can be so creative with them that you could overcome a lot of seemingly very difficult challenges if you're just if you're just creative with it. Dan, just for a real quick one, you like to throw flour in people's faces. I do, and you transfer that on hobby the into D and D. You said you enjoyed it so much, you transferred it into D and I my favorite movie growing up was Home Alone, and I like to use those kind of tactics uh, in my everyday life. <laughs> and for revealing the whereabouts of invisible people. I, well, yes, yeah, but mostly to try to hit Adam in the face with the pink hands. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, lastly, leather armor, two daggers, and thieves' tools. Part of your starting equipment. Yeah. Pretty standard. I just gotta say, why would you, as a rogue, not take the burglar's pack instead of the dungeoneer's pack? Well, because maybe you're not a burglar. Huh? Yeah, but the burglar pack has everything the dungeoneer pack has, plus some more stuff. Like the only thing the dungeoneer pack has above the burglar's pack, I believe, is pittance. That's it. Pittens are one of the best fucking mundane items in the game. Yeah, bar none. I, 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 okay, that's for the other episode. Okay, though. yeah, we'll, we'll cover this in the other episode because yeah, and all, and if you need an improv weapon as well, a pitten can be a shitty dagger in an yep. emergency. Yeah, so there we go. Okay, well, let's go through their um, their character features. Then we just talked before about skills. Expertise at first level, you can choose two of your proficiencies or one of your skill proficiencies and your and a proficiency with thieves tools. Uh, and your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check that you make that uses either of the chosen proficiencies. That's huge. Yep, yep. That's huge already at first level. Fucking, I love expertise. It's very easy to min max with a rogue. Mm-hmm. Very, very easy to min max with a rogue. And at sixth, and at sixth level, you can choose two more of your proficiencies to gain the same benefit. So now you have four proficiencies that you have double proficiency for with expertise. Uh, sneak attack, the big one beginning at first level. You know how to strike subtly. Basically, anytime you have advantage or there is an enemy within five feet 
um, of the person that you're attacking. If you're using a finesse weapon or a ranged weapon, you gain initially an additional d6 uh, to the damage, but that increases as you level. An enemy to that target, so your ally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Is it just anyone with, within five feet, or do they have to be flanked? Anyone within five feet, flanking gains advantage. You get anyone your sneak attack. Your ally. You get your sneak attack if they're just adjacent. You get advantage if you are if you're flanking, flanking them. The idea being that you're you're using a, a time to hit them in a sweet spot, essentially while they're distracted. It doesn't matter if there's a threat because they may just be food, you know. So now they're looking at the food and now they're being attacked. Um, and it doesn't say anything about being threatened here. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thieves can't. Thieves can't is essentially the secret language that rogues know. Sign language. Thieves can. Thieves. Oh, I mean, they're getting worse though, aren't they? Yeah. Worse. <laughs> we're, we're reaching. We're going for the obvious. <laughs> Captain, we need a Captain Obvious hat, and you can uh, wear it today. Yeah. Perhaps I should have gone with thieves won't. They can't. They can't, and they won't. <laughs> Uh, okay, so people do these can in different ways. Some people say it needs to be almost like uh, secret codes, Cockney rhyme and slang. I think we used as an example yep. uh, before. Some people will go for a hand signal. Some people will go for signals drawn on the wall, similar to the druidic speak, uh, the druidic code. Dru- yes, Dru- and uh, yes, and amen to all of those. Like it should be all of those. It is codes for easy marks on the side of a building. It is codes marks in people to roll. Mm-hmm. It is codes for uh, fences. And people to, that will get rid of your illegal wares that you see etched into the stone wall. But it should also be like long distance sign language. It's uh, speaking in code. I think in one episode we brought up the it's mighty, it's mighty rainy today. Yeah. Kind of uh, the old, conversation. Old get right? smart type of uh, exactly, yeah, Mission yeah. Impossible <clears throat> style. Yeah. Uh, cunning action starting at second level. Your quick thinking agility allows you to move and act quickly. So therefore, as a bonus action, you can take the uh, dash, disengage, or hide action. As a bonus action. One of the best things rogues have. It's huge because that is the get in, get out, right? Yeah. Get in, use your action to make your attack, your sneak attack, and bug out of there. Or move to somewhere on the battlefield and hide to avoid being hit later on. I think one of the least used fe- uh, features of this is the um, hide. Funny enough. Like hide within hide the, the rules needs you that needs you need to agree on the rules at the beginning of the campaign you need to be very clear yeah. on it because um, I think it's left too loose. I, I, left too I loose. completely agree, and I think it needs to be uh, opened up so that people can utilize it more within combat. See, the the thing is that most people don't use concealment or cover appropriately, and therefore hide gets lumped in with that level mm-hmm. of shit. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and honestly, it doesn't really freaking matter anyway because. Even when you're blind or in magical darkness, it's just disadvantage. It's just disadvantage, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like this is one one of the only instances where in fifth edition I don't like the simplification of the math because <laughs> I think that if you're invisible, uh, how do you detect hide, where do you where? Hide is they're not aware of your presence anymore. Though. Yeah, but but still, how do you know that? For for example, and I'm going to use invisibility, but I think yeah. hide works the same way. Um, if we're using a, a battle map or something and you decide, Terry, that you're a rogue and you're, you're gonna, um, or you're, you're gonna turn invisible, right? right? And Dan is gonna come over and attack you. I'm gonna say, yeah, he's disadvantaged depending on which square he attacks. There's right. no rules about that shit anywhere in 5th yeah. edition. Does he just get to shoot a bow and arrow? I don't know, into that room somewhere. Yeah. And he's yeah. disadvantaged. Yeah. Right. What if you move, right? Is he able to tell where you've gone? Are we doing stealth checks? Every time that you do literally anything, yeah. including breathing, like, I don't know, it's just, it's poorly defined. Hide is the same thing. If you duck down behind a, a low wall, 
can you run across that low wall and crawl away or yeah. whatever? And, and, you know, are they attacking it? I just, I just want a little bit more from this. A little bit more yeah. so I was, I was talking with my buddy, uh, Cody from work and, uh, he said that this is one of the reasons amongst others that he just doesn't like fifth is because in the areas where it does need to be a little bit more clearly defined, they clearly phoned it in. And this is no, one of those things where no, no, they no. should have done a little bit more refinement. Does Cody listen? Cody, yes. Cody, listen, listen to me. Oh, God. This, the elbow's on the table. This, this is your good friend Adam speaking. And I'll, I'll let you know right now that it says right in the fifth ed material that this is really guidelines and it's meant for Dungeon Masters to have definitive personal homebrew rules for this. And so what they're doing is they're providing you really the outline of how the rules should be used. And there's a lot of rules as intended, as opposed to the hard and fast rules as written. As Terry said, this is session zero. Before the campaign starts, this is what you need to talk about. Exactly, yeah. So to say that you don't like an entire edition because of a hide mechanic... Well, no, 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 no. no. Just says to me... Several, like, it's one of several instances, is Mm. what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know what the others are now. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think I like this Cody individual. (laughs) Cody, I love you, man. You're still good in my books. You're questionable for me. Terry? Uh, I don't know Cody, and therefore I'm neutral. I've never met him either. I have, though, liked 50% of the Cody's that I have met. So therefore, Cody, you may sway this whole thing for me. Anyway, back to Dungeons no & Dragons. Another person we don't know named <laughs> Cody, who is loyally listening to this podcast. And now my question that Oh, decision. no, no, no. At this point, he's on, like, episode 12. He is slowly making his way through. In three He'll months, come- Cody's going <laughs> to find out that Adam doesn't like him. <laughs> He'll come to me at work and be all like, you're an idiot. I'm like, why? Well, this thing you said in this episode, I'm like, dude, that was five months ago. Give me I don't a break. remember what I was talking about yesterday. No. So, I, what, what episode are we doing? 26. We're actually at half a year. No, it's 27, actually. See, this is, is what it? I'm talking about, Dan. Yeah. Oh, I should read. <laughs> that was a test, Dan. I should read the breakdown. I part. never answer any questions that Adam gives me that involve numbers. That's true. You know, I'll always give a loose answer. So, our, <laughs> Where uh, are we, 20 I was about to go, rogues. <laughs> yeah, that was 100% true. All right, anyway. Okay. Speaking of. So, cunning action. But next, you have your roguish archetype at third level, so you get to choose what kind of rogue you would like to be. Thief, assassin, arcane trickster. Which, as you may be able to tell, is one of my favorites. Okay? Uh, fourth level, eighth level, tenth level, twelfth level, sixteenth level, and nineteenth level, you get your ability score improvements. Like every other class. Dan, can we pull, please build hype? That, Except rope. fighters. And also, yeah, that's not every other class, so them titties, calm them, and we'll move forward. <laughs> Soothe your boobs, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I like my boobs. Uh, okay. Starting at fifth level. Um, you get uncanny dodge. So when an attacker that you can see hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction to halve the attack's damage on you. I prefer what it used to do. Love it. What did it used to do, Dan? Uh, uncanny dodge meant you couldn't be uh, like you couldn't be flat-footed or surprised. Basically, there, there's no surprise mechanic anymore. So, well, there is still the first round of combat. There's, yeah, okay, but there's no actual surprise round anymore. So. I'm cool it's a condition, technically. Yeah. You're a surprise condition. And, yeah, and besides, that's built into some of the rogue archetypes that you can't be surprised. Yes, so. yep. How about this one? Every every Dungeon Master's uh, one of the most annoying things that players can do, but also one of the best things for players. Evasion! Beginning at 7th level, you can nimbly dodge out the way of certain area effects, such as a dragon's red fiery breath or an ice storm spell. So essentially when you're subjected to an effect that allows you to make a dexterity, specifically saving throw... Um, to take half damage, you instead take no damage if you succeed, or you only take half if you fail. So essentially... Like like poison spray. Is that what... The, no. No, that was that sound that you made afterwards was completely unrelated. Yeah, absolutely it was. Okay. Like poison spray. Empty sound. 
beer opening. <laughs> I'm happy about my beer. Thoughts <laughs> on evasion, though, Dan and Adam. Terry. <laughs> um, I dislike how often it's... Uh, I'll have players at a table try to use it for things like Constitution and Wisdom Saves. Well, then their players are wrong on this. this, No, yeah, uh, but it's... You know what? Bet would try and do that. Cody. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Fucking Cody. Almost as bad as intern Dave, who we fired. Who we fired, actually, yeah. Yeah. We Uh, did fire, and now we have uh, Frederick. Um, (laughs) uh, But, you know, I I, I like Evasion. It's, it's, It's quintessential rogue and monk. In my mind. They both get them at the same level. How do you nimbly dodge a fireball? Um, you dump, you, sorry, you jump behind the paladin. Yeah, but, sure. In theory, if you're in the middle of an open field, then you are able to probably, I don't know, get your hand, like your head under your arm yeah, or something. Maybe. I've seen right. that you meme of the... You start the process of the, the stop, drop, and it, roll. It's like everyone being burned, and then the rogue is like doing like the Matrix-style bend backwards, and he's going, how the fuck am I avoiding this shit? Yeah. It's like the fireball. Yeah. No, honestly, as a dungeon master, it's one of the most annoying things to have to face. Yeah. Because um, you're already dealing with high ACs and all sorts of high saves, but the deck saves is the most common one anyway, and you should really be looking at at the other kind of area of effect saves that you're working with. Yeah. Um, and the spells uh, should have the different saves. But it's hard, man. Anything that's a wisdom or charisma save is going to be a CR or a DC 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So how about... Sorry, Dan, you going to say something. The other thing that bothers me about it is if you uh, fail, you still only take half damage. Yeah. Like, just if you fail, you fail. Yeah, but you're a rogue. You're not going to fail, right? Like, that's... That's the thing. About it. It's a dex save. This is not only the one that you're proficient in, but it's probably your highest. Stat, yeah. So, and if you think that one's annoying for dungeon masters, how about this next one? Reliable talent. Starting at eleventh level, I know. Whenever you make an ability check that lets you use your add your proficiency bonus, you can treat a d twenty roll of nine or lower as ten. So, bit. So, remember, you probably already you're already proficient in it. Likely got expertise in it. So, there's going to be a point where you can't roll any lower than a twenty. Yeah. Because if you got your plus five yep. proficiency, you're doubling that for expertise. You can't get any lower than a 10. Your perception checks are always 20. You're walking around. You can smell colors. Yep. Thoughts on that one, Adam? I don't like rogues, man. <laughs> I just don't. Everybody loves rogues. And I'll tell you, I was banned from playing rogues in 3.5. I've never been able to play a bard or a rogue. Yeah. I'm just not allowed to play them since 3.5 because I abuse the shit out of them mechanically. Who's banned you? Multiple dungeon masters have got together. Uh, so. Yeah, four different tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not even joking. You will probably understand why without thinking too hard about it. What? <laughs> but the problem is that um, he breaks the game with his rogues and bards. Yeah, but this one's are, it's built to be broken. It is. Yeah, and, it is. And my, and it's my, very easy to break the game with this. It's, a, it's you, the the book is breaking the game itself. Yeah, but the thing with with rogues specifically, I'm just going to hijack it for a second here, Terry. Go. The problem with with rogues is that it is one of what three exploratory. Um, based classes out there. Mm-hmm. Everything else is fight, 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 right? And there's this and bards that are, and rangers that are meant for exploration, and this and bards that are meant for, for social encounters, right? Everything else can be kind of good at it. Well, High charisma, but those two are the ones that are going to have a shit ton of, of abilities and skills, and they're going to be good at everything, and they're never rolling below a 20. And at that point, why are we playing the game? Yeah. Right? Well, Let's just sit down and tell a collaborative story and put the dice away. Right, so I, I, it's the only one that gets that inherently gets the ability to like pick locks and and thieves tools. I mean, there's other ways to do it, but I'm just I'm disinterested. It's built for that one kind of character or that one kind of player 
to play the character that is going to fill that niche and is just going to be the best at it. And everyone else will say, oh, you know what? We don't need to roll stealth. We're all going to sit back and let that guy do the thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it is the one thing I have a problem with Rogue specifically is the fact that they um, are almost always the ones who split the party. Yeah. Like, they're the ones that are going to be like, all right, just let me go Are you speaking from personal experience, I'm speaking from personal experience playing the role. I believe you did. Adam might be able to remember the amount of laps that Dan ran around the village with (laughs) with the porta potty place. Bonus action dash, man. Yeah. But but that's just it, right? And I I don't want to hate on rogues because mechanically I think they're a lot of fun. There's a lot of flavor to all of them. But I don't know why we didn't put Swashbuckler in with Fighter and Assassin in with... You know, maybe a ranged assassin for a ranger. Or, yeah. like, we could Agreed. split this shit up amongst the others and not have the rogue class. But they're the only ones that get sneak attack. So maybe you should build it into the freaking um, archetype instead of the base. Put it in the subclass if you want it, right? Sneak attack is all well and good, but, I, I mean, you also have smite, which is doing extra damage. You also have your hexes and your okay, hunter's but mark. So the problem is it's just a mechanical difference that you're used to seeing. Yeah. So the rogue is a holdover from previous editions, and it's just more powerful than it should be when stacked against the others. The problem is with this train of thought uh, is also you have things like barbarians, and uh, Pathfinder 2 actually did this. They removed the barbarian class and made them a branch off of the fighter class. So if we're going for simplify, uh, simplif- uh, simplifying the rogue and removing them from the game and just spreading them out amongst other classes, why are we not doing that with barbarians? Why are we not doing that with sorcerers? Make them a type of wizard. Because, Why are we no. doing that? because they're not inherently overpowered at exactly one aspect of this game that nobody else is really that good at. Oh, uh, sorcerers are. Metamagics. They're the only ones that could do metamagic. Barbarians are. They're the only ones who could rage. Uh, right. Okay. But they're not the only ones that can do magic or melee. They're the only... Rogues are the only ones that can do exploratory to this degree. You can make an argument for rangers, sure, but they are half the class uh, in the PHB that a rogue is. Mm. And you can make you can make the argument that that a bard is has the same charisma level as a paladin. Sure, statistically, but honestly when you are playing, no one else at the table will bother to role play if the bard is in the room. If it's time to talk to the NPC, the bard steps up and does it. If it's time to sneak into the tower, it's the rogue steps up and does it. Yeah, Every you, single time. You shouldn't so my, be penalizing a rogue, which is a fantastic class. I love the rogue class. Like, you shouldn't be penalizing the rogue for a table's deficiencies. One of my favorite things about role-playing and, and whatnot is seeing the, like, eight charisma barbarian try to console a grieving mother. I think it's one of the funniest things that'll happen at a table. Sometimes they'll succeed and it's fantastic and it's heartwarming and, and great. Other times they will botch it so horribly it makes it worse and it's awesome for the table. Right. And now let me tell you about the rogue who will go in. Okay. You can have the barbarian go in there with the thieves tools and try to pick the lock and probably break the lock. And now they got to tear it down. And you know, he's not that stealthy or the paladin was too loud. And so there's these, Oh, it could be this or it could be that. Now the rogue does it and it fucking works. The end. Next. And that is my problem with the rogue. They are either 100% good at it, or they don't bother with it. Right? And that's it. I, and you can't... You're not going to change my mind on this one. I don't think that they are a bad class. And like I say, I'm not allowed to play them because I'm good at them. I like them. Mm-hmm. But inherently, they're already broken. Right? So, why why did we build them this way? There are definitely some classes that are more powerful than others in 5th edition. The rogue... I would and, say and, is the most powerful. Class. And there, there's been a recent report that came out that said uh, that kind of figured out multi-classing. 
and whatnot, and uh, the average of which classes are multi-classed, and rogues are like 96% of rogues made at a table are multi-classed. So they are dipped into, for whatever reason, they get to their level 3 and then they stop. Or they get to their yep. level 5 and then stop yep. and do a different class. Fighters, sorcerers, uh, clerics, warlocks are the other ones. Yeah. Right? Where everyone just kind of dips into them. Or I, would say even, class I, would, I would say even two levels of bard. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, those are the big ones, right? And so these are also the ones that I have the most problem with. Right? Fair because enough, yeah. it's an imbalanced system. It's not that there's anything wrong with rogues. It's that the system itself is imbalanced. And in order to restore balance to the system, maybe we shouldn't have done what we've always done and had the rogue archetype. And maybe we should have pulled some of these aspects out and put them in other places. Yeah. There's no reason why a, a cleric can't be an investigator. We'll call it an inquisitor. Your, your right. argument is rogue should be a subclass, essentially. Yeah. yeah, or the subclasses should be split up in, amongst other places, right? Why, why do rogues get the arcane trickster or the investigator or the assassin? These things can all fit nicely into other classes, but we've decided that sneak attack is so powerful, and we're just going to load it up with other stuff and look at all these skills and yeah. use all the things. And and I just, I'm just i not interested in playing a rogue. We've anymore. gone deep into this. We haven't even got outside of class features yet. Yeah, no, yeah We're going balls to the wall on this one already. Okay, well, if you think reliable talent, which we started talking about 15 minutes ago... Annoyed you. One word. Blind sense. Yeah, Dan, no, you ready for this? Yeah, no, fuck this. Starting at 14th level. If, <laughs> if you are able to hear, you are aware of the location of any hidden or invisible creature within 10 feet of you. Yeah, no, fuck this. Why do rogues get blind sense? I, why do rogues get any of this crazy bullshit, right? Like, I, Why do monks not get blind sense? <laughs> Let's just move on, right? Yeah. Uh, slippery mind. This, it, you're going to get more annoyed. Uh, by 15th level, with Slippery Mind, you have acquired greater mental strength as a rogue, strangely enough. You gain proficiency in wisdom saving throws. Yeah. This should have gone to freaking wizards, man. Yep. It, it, or, or clerics. A cleric. I or would say, paladins. I, I think or it, sh- it should be renamed. Monks. And it should have gone to clerics or, yeah, monks, paladins. Yeah, I, no, I, I like it as well. Like you, your, your mind is so strong, you've done so much research at 14th level, you have gained an additional wisdom, right? I yeah. mean... This, this shit just makes sense to me for... I don't know. Again, why... Uh, continue. I'm deconstructing the whole fucking game now. Well, this makes, this makes your... What are your saves for a rogue at this point? You have uh, dexterity... Intelligence, I believe. And intelligence wisdom. and wisdom. Yeah. Now, now dex is already the single greatest save. It, it's just by the yeah. prolific nature if of it. If you're starting right? low levels and working your way up, dex saves... The thing, the, right? Yeah, they yeah. will save you from... Uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking to another Dungeon Master today who sent me a message through Facebook, and he's like, man, I want to do this kind of attack. Is it is it dex or is it con? And I'm like, I don't even need to know the details. It's a dexterity yeah. thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you don't... There, there's no con here against fire. It just yeah. doesn't happen. And if you're an, avoiding an attack... You're relying on your body's dexterity. Yeah. The other way of that time. Okay, last one. Elusive. Beginning at 18th level, you are so evasive that the attackers rarely gain the upper hand against you. No attack... Oh, there's one more. Sorry. Uh, no attack roll has advantage against you while you aren't incapacitated. Nobody can have advantage against you, Dan. Particularly the people that are invisible that within 10 feet of you that you already knew were there. These... The rogue is just... Everyone talks about how the bard fucks up the DM. No, man, it's the rogue. Right? Uh, not only are they good at everything, ex- exploration and stealth, but now combat. They're right? they're they're a walking Doppler radar. Yeah. Just, bing, bing, there he is, stab. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and a monk is like that too, but... God they're bad Spider-Man. Yeah. That's what they've become. Yeah. Anyways, what else we have? Last one, we got Stroke of Luck. So at 20th level, you have an uncanny knack 
uh, for succeeding when you need to. You just made a wanking sound, <laughs> like yes, right in like my peripheral vision. Stroke of luck. Sure. Oh, yeah, that's, that's why I was doing that. it. Yeah. yeah, but because the way you did it, it looked yeah. like you were doing it onto me. So yeah. please don't. <laughs> just all over <laughs> your face. Don't. It'll be fine. Dan, what? It's just a family show. Dan. Okay, I don't need to know about you describing my face looking like a painter's radio. Okay. <laughs> You're disgusting, and I don't want to work with you anymore. The- if your attack misses a target within range, you can turn the miss into a hit. Alternatively, if you fail an ability check, you can treat the d20 roll as a 20. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long or short rest. So, not only do you have reliable tw- a reliable talent in which you can't roll lower than a 20, if... If that's still not enough, you can treat the roll as a 20 and then add your plus 10 from the expertise. Yeah. You don't even treat it as a 20. You just get a fucking success. Which means that you don't even have to be a halfling anymore. Just be like, no, that, that critical failure didn't, didn't happen. I rolled in at one. Doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Right. I hit him anyway. I, I don't know, man. I, so. I like how they mitigate it with a short or a long rest, but I wonder why they didn't give it like a pool like other other systems. Yeah, Give it a pool and make it an improvement on reliable talent. Honestly, this is the thing that I care the least about because it's level 20 and no one's going to get it. You're going to see this in one out of every 600 games. Yeah, right? fair enough. So yeah. I, I care less about this. I feel like the Rogue was perfectly crafted for the first seven levels, and then after that they're like, I don't know, and this, and I don't know, and this, because they ran out of ideas. Like, yeah. what's, what's roguish? What's stealthy? What's... What makes it, I mean, you're, you only have a D8, and you know, they stacked it up against Monk and Fighter and, and said, you know, how are you going to go, how are you going to stand beside them? And I'm like, don't, don't, if you're going to be stealthy, be in the back of the party. That's yeah. just it, right? Yeah. Until someone says, okay, we need you to sneak forward. And I know it sounds like Dan, bless his soul over there, is defending rogues by himself over here, but I do have positive things to say about rogues later on. I'm sure, Adam, you can maybe even find... I like low-level rogues, and like I say, I like playing a rogue because it's so broken. Right. I don't like DMing against them, and I I think that it's it, the game is imbalanced because of this class. Yeah. Well, so th- that's the, the class features. We will in a second. We're going to move on to um, to onto the subclasses. We we all have one each. First, though, I think we should cut to commercial and take a break. Are we not going to roll initiative on anything for this one? We're not going to roll initiative on anything for this one. We've been through everything we need to talk about here. We're going to talk about our subclasses after this. Okay, cool. all right. Let's cut to commercial. Dan, you can go for a cigarette. This episode is brought to you by WildBot3D.com. Condition markers, spell trackers, AOE templates, scatter terrain, and much more. Proudly made in Georgia and personally packaged and shipped worldwide. That's WildBot3D, your home for quality 3D printed tabletop gaming accessories and terrain. Visit WildBot3D.com to purchase your new favorite accessories today. Wildbot3D.com. Wildbot. <laughs> and we're back. Bienvenue. See, we have to say it in French right afterwards. Um, Buongiorno. Oh my god. That Firstly, was oh, that okay. was the wrong language, and you bastardized that so much it even hurt me. <laughs> and I don't even like Italians. Do you have anyone who listens in Italy, by the yes. way? Oh, yeah, tons. I fucking love Italians, man. I can't get enough of them. <laughs> I can't get enough of them. Hey, met an Italian girl once in Germany, which is weird enough, and she was. Definitely top five most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. She was all right. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> she just painted me down like a... 
Do I win this episode? Is that what this yeah, means? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why are we like, winning episodes Every time now? we finish an episode, I go back home and I'm like, I don't know if this is going to become my job one day. <laughs> I'm trying, but I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, anyway, well, that was the fastest that we've ever gone off on a tangent and offended an entire country. Because I was going to say... I'll do better next about, time, man. We're going to talk about... So we'll try and get the whole continent if we can. Um, <laughs> one of them. We're going to talk about subclasses. We each have one. Let's introduce our subclasses when it comes around to our time sure. for initiative. But for the first time today, let's roll dice. In the box, Dan. Sorry, Terry. What's that? Seven? Still a seven, even after you got knocked by Dan's. Adam got a six. Daniel, you got an 18. I got an 18. You won the game. Well, at least for now. That's what Dungeons I also Jack just is lost the game. Dice You're ball. welcome, the internet. Um, so, sorry, Adam. Um, so, when we were talking about who gets what class, uh, subclass for this... It was I difficult, because you were pretty classless. Uh, usually am. Um, also, takes one to no one. But, I jumped on the idea of the thief. The thief is the quintessential, like, if you have been playing Dungeons & Dragons since 3.5, your home is the thief. And, and, uh, it is, it is the burglar, it is the, uh, it is... The break and enter rogue. It is so quintessentially rogue. The other ones that we're going to be covering today are more. Um, hey, spoiler alert! Are more spoiler alert? Differently focused. You're differently focused. <laughs> <laughs> As Terry gets up and walks away. Oh, Bye, Terry. Yes. Bye. Um, <laughs> you, you, so you wanted to offend the entire. Um, so I, I'm I'm doing the thief. Uh, it's inside the player's handbook on page 97. Uh, it's where you are honing your skills right first sentence. You hone your skills in the larcenous arts. You are a burglar. You're a cat robber. You're a thug. <laughs> Tell I me, do you it. burgle a lot of things, Dan? Uh, you do if you are a thief. Anyways, at level three, right away, as soon as you get your uh, first roguish, as soon as you go into this roguish archetype, you get fast hands, which lets you use your cunning action to make a sleight of hand, a sleight of hand check. Use your thieves tools uh, to disarm a trap or open a lock. And to the and to do the use an object action. This is was nice. that the use an object action? That was open a lock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. So what this will let you do is this lets you uh, pickpocket in combat. This lets you open a lock, uh, disable a trap in combat real quick. This lets you drink a potion and still attack. Can we make an argument here? This is also fucking bullshit. Because if you're disabling landmines in six seconds while you're being fired at from all angles. What the fuck? <laughs> well, you know, okay, I'm with you on that. If a fighter walks up and says, hey, I want to disarm this trap, on my turn I want to use my action to to cut the wire to disarm this trap, it means a DM will be like, yeah, okay, go nuts. Yeah. Right? Roll your sleight of hand check. I don't need this from a, from an architect. Yeah, but this, this lets you do it as a bonus action on your turn. Yeah, sure. So, so, so you're coupling this with your normal cunning action, which will give you your dash, your disengage, and your hide. You can now also sleight of hand, pick or open a lock, um, and uh, uh, do a, use an object action. Or I, I would have figured these were interactions that they're listed as interactions as well. Like this kind of depends on what it is. Like opening a door and closing a door, that's an interaction. But like. Uh, um, Drinking a potion. I think that's where this really sure. features in, is drinking a potion to move Quick on. Quick hand movements. Yeah, 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 right? It's all about fast hands. At level three, also, you get your second story work, um, which is giving you the ability to climb faster than normal. Um, and climbing no longer uh, adds additional uh, movement to you. Um, 
Doesn't cost you a, a extra movement. And in addition, when you make a running jump, the distance you cover increases by number of feet equal to your dexterity modifier. Which, if you are a standard rogue and you're min-max to hell like most standard rogues are, that's another five feet. Right? So uh, that's what you get for a second story work. I've, I love the fact that this is you could climb faster than normal, um, which means that climbing no longer takes half your speed. I don't know. I don't understand, I don't understand why. It it's make- a little monkish. Yeah, it's a little tabaxi-ish for me. For a you. lot of the rogue feels heavily weighted toward monk. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's the pulling on those aspects of ninja, I think. And this is one of those things where it's like you're running up a wall to a second story window. Right? That's what this is. Yeah. Uh, to, to, of course, then I see what use your doing. bonus they're, action to... They're doing the whole cat, cat woman type thing, cat yeah. regular type thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they're doing. At ninth level, you get Supreme Sneak, which is where you have advantage on stealth rolls if, uh, you have moved no more than half your speed that turn. Well, that's good. That will help you out if your expertise hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah. Now keep in mind, uh, if you are hiding, that is a stealth roll. Um, so if you haven't moved half your distance on your turn, you get advantage to hide as a bonus action. Sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, at 13th level, you get UMD. You get Use Magic Device. This was a skill in 3.5 that is now a class feature in a single class in the game. Um, and Boo! and also, the thing who's I don't direct, like... A, who's that direct to? Gygax? I didn't want to it do it right good. into the microphone. Uh, don't um, want to spike it out. Didn't you matter. still spiked it yeah, out. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, the thing I really don't like about this is, seriously, okay, UMD lets you... Um, you have learned enough about the magical workings that you can improvise the use of any magical item. If any magic item has a requirement of class, race, uh, level, any of that, you ignore it as a level 13 thief. Then what's the point in the requirement? And there are so few items that have a requirement. That's the other thing. Mm. There's like a dozen inside the DMG. Maybe a couple more. But there... This should honestly be a fucking thing that every every spellcaster gets at third level. Yep. Period. Yep. Right? I don't know why rogues, like thieves, are getting this. Like, No, no I, I just hate all of this. Yeah, it, it's also it. very tonally off for thief. Yeah. I think it's just because they're going towards the the uh, quintessential. They're going for the history of where the rogue class has been in D&D in previous editions. And they're trying to shoehorn it into the thief. I, I honestly feel that's why UMD is in there. Like, I wonder if Rogue was one of the last ones that they designed and they just said, I don't know, man. What, did, what do we have left? What are, what are we missing when you just slam And then you had class? Dave Noonan off in the corner going, we need UMD. And they put it in. Uh, I don't know who that is, but I agree with you. Yeah, he's one of the main designers for 3.5. Well, okay. And when, when 3.5 was no longer a thing, he got canned and he moved on to Pathfinder. I would just, I, I want, I want Jeremy Crawford. I want Mike Rose, anybody to just, I, this is not. I'm not challenging them. I'm not angry about it. This is not. This is not. I'm not being controversial here. I just want to understand the the design decisions behind the rogue. Yeah. I guess that's. It's confusing to me why they would build it this way. I would yeah. love to like sit down and like interview Chris Perkins about. Okay, why is UMD here? Yeah. And right. I, I, yeah. So like, I'm just curious about the rogue. It's a weird class. It is. Um, and for the capstone of the thief at 17th level, uh, you become adept at uh, laying ambushes and escaping danger. This is your thieves reflexes. I'm already professional laying bushes. Ha! <laughs> ambushes. 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 Adam. Oh, you um, were to vaginas. Yeah. Go on, Dan. Uh, you can take two <laughs> rounds at the first round of any combat. 
You get two full rounds. What the fuck? You get um, two full rounds. And you take your turn first at your normal initiative, and then your second turn at initiative minus 10. You cannot use this uh, feature when you're surprised. Which, honestly, if Uncanny Dodge did what Uncanny Dodge is supposed to do, would be never. That's my That opinion. doesn't matter. You got a minimum of plus five. And frankly, if you are not a rogue with the alert feat, you're doing it wrong. You should, have sure. a, you should have a plus 10 here. There's a lot of other feats that a, a rogue could take that are uh, better not, than Not alert. like alert. You want that sneak attack damage early, right? You want that surprised. Yeah. Fair enough. But, yep, that's that's the thief. Um, it, honestly, it, it is a... It feels like it's a subclass that is paying homage to where the rogue used to be and uh, then shoehorning it to still look the same. I feel like what we should have done is taken half of the shit that was regular class features and made that thief and taken all of the shit in thief and made that regular rogue features. Sure. You, yeah. Like, does, I, yeah. when it's Honestly, together, it feels yeah. kind of mechanically and thematically full, but when you split it this way, it seems strange. Agreed. But the thing is, like, fast hands and second story work, I love those two abilities. Like, giving a rogue basically a climb speed. I freaking love that. But why not every rogue? Doesn't an assassin or a trickster yeah. swashbuckler deserve that as well? Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. This is what I mean. Like, the rogue, the design factor, anyways. I'm done talking about it. Everyone's tired of me talking about it. Okay, who's <laughs> next? Uh, me. Uh, I'm talking about Arcane Trickster. What? What? Thanks, Dan. Arcane Trickster. Arcane Trickster. Oh, okay. What? Yes. Because I said what twice, so then he said Arcane Trickster twice. Oh, To explain that to me, Ted. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. That's actually very annoying when you do that. Yeah, you think, huh? (laughs) Man, it would suck that someone does it three times every single fucking episode. I'm speaking. Please. (laughs) It's almost like getting interrupted when you're trying to talk. (laughs) Here's the thing about Arcane Trickster. Now, you two may want to, uh, to argue against this, but I don't feel that the archetype is as clear as with the, uh, with the thief. I said, you're Catwoman, essentially. You're a cat burglar. I don't think that's as obvious with Arcane Trickster because I think it can be played so many different ways and the argument can be clear. For example, my Arcane Trickster was a Victorian-style gentleman, um, grave robber, who learned... He was Gambit. He was Gambit. Fuck, he was Gambit. <laughs> Are you just... I thought you designed him to be Gambit right down to the freaking no. coat. You literally threw cards at things. You that's why I gave you that deck of magic cards. No, I never thought you were freaking that. gambit. Yeah, one hundred percent you were gambit. I think we just blew his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loosely based him off Jedediah Shine of Ripper Street if you've ever seen yeah, that yeah, show. Yeah. yeah, that's who I was kinda going for. Okay. Turns out it was Gambit. You were more Gambit. All along. Well, I'm still cool with that. Yeah, that's no, totally that's fine. That that's a win. Yeah. yeah. But I played him as his whole thing was he liked to fuck with people, right? That's what he did. He manipulated the environment, he manipulated people, and he learned his low-level magic spells from his necromancer friend and business partner who taught him spells yeah. in the backstory so that he could aid his cause of stealing from dead people, um, essentially. So that's how I played it, but I think the Arcane Trickster is very open to the... Well, to let, the well let me tell you, I've got an Arcane Trickster on my Tuesday game, and she is playing a goblin, Arcane Trickster, mm, who was cool. part, part of a traveling carnival, and so she was up there doing magic tricks and stuff, distracting people. Um, uh, and like wowing them and then signing autographs. And when everyone was distracted by the other stuff, she would be pickpocketing them yeah. as well. See? Right? So, and she leaned into the trickster side of it. You leaned into the arcane side of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I saw the trickster side as, um, not trickster like distracting people, more trickster like being devious. Yeah. 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 That's how I kind of looked at it. But anyway, let's go through, let's go through their features. So, starting at third level, you get Mage Hand, uh, Ledgerman. So, you can cast your Mage Hand. 
What did I say? Ledgerman. Ledger oh, sorry. There's a D-E in there. Oh, I'm sorry. Isn't that how you pronounce your T's? <laughs> I shouldn't be I'm so not Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say, we, we know you're French. Say bottle of water. Bottle of water? Bottle of water. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I, I, for, the first time ever, for the first time ever, I heard the marbles in his throat <laughs> when he said that. I, I feel your pain. Bottle of water. I, I say it's bottle of water. I say it too, but now I'm, I'm hyper. I feel like I'm a fucking drowning duck. Bottle of water. <laughs> bottle of water. <laughs> Anyways, continue. We goddamn turkey so, over Mage here. Hand Ledger Domain. <laughs> Ledger Domain. Uh, you can make the spectral hand invisible and you can perform the following additional tasks with it. You can store one object the hand is holding in a container worn or carried by another creature. You can retrieve an object in a container worn or carried by another creature. Or you can use thieves tools to pick locks and disarm traps at range. How about that, Adam? Fucking great. So now the, the 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 locked door that you're going to open anyway, even if it's trapped, it doesn't even matter. You don't even need to disable the trap. Just fucking stand over there. <laughs> Dear Arcane Trickster, I hope you have no other spells that are to concentration because your mage hand is always going to be out. Yeah. How about this one? Adam, you're going to love this. Starting at ninth level, if you are hidden from a creature, which you probably will be, when you cast a spell on it, the creature has disadvantage on any saving throw it makes against the spell this turn. <laughs> That's what I think of that. Adam just shit his pants in protest. Um, I'm gonna shit your pants next. Uh, I would like to point out uh, to control your hand in any way, shape, or form. Your mage hand. <laughs> to control your mage hand in any way, shape, or form. Concentrate. Um, you use the bonus action granted by your cunning action to control the hand. Right. That's a very important thing. So. Most times, like, moving the mage hand around or doing these kind of actions, like unlocking a lock. Um, in the Thief, that's part of uh, Fast Hands. This basically gets Fast Hands. It's just your Spectral Hand from 30 feet away. Does it as a bonus action. You can do it as a so bonus action. So I can action. still Stabby Stabby Sneak Attack over here. And, and go on, pick a lock 30 feet away. And open the door. Yeah. Here's the thing for those of you that are not paying attention, though, and you're going to lose track of this in the game in the heat of the moment... When you say, yeah, I want to use my mage hand, I'm an arcane trickster, I want to use my mage hand to unlock the chest, reach in, grab the thing, and bring it back, that's going to be like four freaking turns. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I think a lot of people miss that. They're like, okay, yeah, you unlock it, you open the chest, you grab the item, you know it's in there. Yeah. Right? That should be three turns. I remember having to be very specific and careful of how I worded an action once when I was, I think I was trying to put the, the Necrocomicon Inside the Necronomicon, the Necrocomicon. Inside, fuck, Terry. You're gonna you're gonna go the way intern Dave if you're not goddamn careful. No, because I just managed to kill three thousand nerds in one go. Ledger Man and Necrocomicon. There was just uh, three thousand brain. Like millions of voices just screamed out. <laughs> Jackie Wacker is now fucking topping out her own microphone. Oh, she's throwing shit across the room right across okay. the goddamn continent. I am. I'm like ninety percent certain she's got a like dartboard of your face, and she just throws it. I, know, I was actually she just talking to her on the way up here, and she was saying that she was. Screaming at something. Um, well, I was very clear that I used my, I think I used my action to lift and open the grave. My bonus action with the mage hand to drop the Necronomicon inside, and then my free action to release the grave to make so that it fell itself. Yeah, the lid of the casket. Yeah, to yeah. to make sure that everything kind of fell in uh, the correct the correct action economy. But yeah, it's you're right. Unless you word it very carefully, you're very careful with how you do it. You're using up all of your stuff. Also, I'd like to one last thing I'd like to point out. Because your hand's invisible, anything it does could be seen as, oh, you just don't see it. 
it still has an effect on the outside world. So anything you do with your uh, invisible mage hand, um, which I always thought other mage hands could just be invisible. I didn't know that they were a physical hand that floats around. Yeah. Read the spell, Daniel. I know. and I know. It's past history with me. But uh, the... As opposed to that You still have history. to succeed. You still have to succeed a sleight of hand check to not be seen. Or like, I would even call it a stealth check. Uh, it's mage hand. It, it, and it but, says and in the rule that it has to be sleight of hand. As rules is written. But, I mean, yes. Do a stealth check instead. Yeah, honestly, I would put it I would put it up against the passive perception, which, of whatever the creature or mm-hmm. person is, and that screams stealth check to me. True, but if you are playing an arcane trickster, your sleight of hand needs to be jacked. That's the point I'm trying to say. Is because to because a... You need a jacked stand, hand. A standard rogue, I find, because you only have your four skills now, sleight of hand might not necessarily be a skill you drop it into. You yeah. got your acrobatics, you got your perception, you got your stealth, you got your investigation. What else are you going to put it in? I would right? argue, if you're trying to use your mage hand to pickpocket somebody, that's sleight of hand. If you're trying to use your mage hand to carry something across the battlefield and not have that floating thing be seen, that's stealth. Yep. So I, 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 I would agree, um, but the rules do say it's sleight of hand. And I... I don't know, man. I, I kind of like the fact that it's making us use sleight of hand more. I, I for the like... hand for the hand skill. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, because I guess it's really only ever rogues that use sleight of hand if yeah. they decide they want to. Huh, pick that's, that's weird. There's a one mechanic that rogues seem to be good at, and no one else is. And I'd like to point out this is something a lot of tables get wrong. Um, rope tying isn't necessarily survival. It's sleight of hand, right, Adam? Yeah, I, I yeah, I run it with sleight of hand. It's you're doing I, something dexterous with your hands quickly. Yeah, I would say it's very much sleight of hand. So um, what I'm trying to say is the sleight of hand skill is underused and could be used more, and I like that it's specifically pointed out. Actually, I would listen to an argument from a ranger that said, "Hey, I'm a keen survivalist, and I know how to lash logs together. So I'm going to do that with this goblin's legs." I would go, "All right, roll survival." It, look, I would give you that. There are so many strange scenarios that I'm I'm yeah. good with it either way. Yeah. Frankly, uh, um, it doesn't really matter that much. I would even say that if you're, it was survival in past editions. It, no, it was use rope in past editions. Oh, like a lot of uh, editions. Three point five was use rope. Yeah. So, anyways, anyway, is there anything else in the arcane trickster? Yeah, there's one more. We got a seventeenth level. You get spell thief, Adam. You're gonna. Love this one. I edited myself there, Dan, so you don't have to later. Uh, you missed 13th level. Oh, sorry, I did. 13th level. Thank you, Dan, Assistant DM. Thank God for you. <laughs> I'm paying attention. You, you did. The internet may have been yelling at me, uh, but I don't listen to them. At 13th level, Versatile Trickster, you gain the ability to distract targets with your mage hand. As a bonus action on your turn, you can designate a creature within 5 feet of the spectral hand created by the spell. Doing so gives you advantage on attack rolls against that creature until the end of turn. That's lucky, because you need advantage for sneak attack. Your mage hand's invisible? How no, are you, you distracting? No, you can choose for it to be invisible. Oh, okay. I was like, also, oh, either you doing I, the John Cena thing with the hand over the face. Hand, if I had a visible hand, I could still poke you in the eye with it. Yeah, I'm thinking like, yeah, I, right. <laughs> in combat, you're like flicking their ears or like poking them in the belly I'll and tickling them. grab that like, half-walk dick all day long <laughs> to get advantage on that attack. That is going to be the sound, uh, the, the clip. You saying you will grab that half-walk dick I'll all day it. long. Yep. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Big green bag of marbles. <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. 17th Technically, level. two is seventeenth level. I tell you what, I'm fucking, I'm sweating. It's, it's warm in here. Well, you drank two beers, Terry. You're not used to. Uh, this. I haven't finished the second one yet. Well, you drunk asshole. Come on. 
should have perhaps gone for a much lighter, more watery beer. I don't know if you can get much such Corona, as a lighter, but light, watery than freaking Indian Pale Ale. <laughs> Corona, India Pale Ale. Is it India? I don't even care. <laughs> Got him <laughs> from that around North America. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> Adam is so mad doing the road class. It's not even that I'm mad about it. It's just it's so fucking broken. Every time you guys say, "Oh, there's also this," I'm like, "Of course there is." Well, Fuck. you went for this one because the 17th level you get spell fief 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 spell spell fief. I'm, I'm, you I'm have like, a fiefdom over some spells. <laughs> I now own all of these necromancy spells. Terry's I ledger man now own all these books from the Necrocomicon. <laughs> And I shall record them in my legerman. <laughs> that's that's. I'm fucking white girl hammered. <laughs> <laughs> we call that all natural twenty hammered. Oh yeah. fuck! We need to get you a drink with an umbrella. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, with us ninety percent. Try said, and hold on to some what, class. What, what is this goddamn fiefdom? Speaking of class, <laughs> spell fief, which is how we say it in England. Spell fief. <laughs> you may. <laughs> you gain the ability. Hey, spell fief, there. That's that's uh, Dick Van Dyke doing a stupid thing from uh, Mary Poppins. So that's Speaking that of Dick, let's let Terry speak. <laughs> uh, you gain the ability to magically steal the knowledge of how to cast a spell from another spellcaster. Dad, don't talk. <laughs> Immediately after a creature casts a spell that targets you or includes you in its area of effect, you can use your reaction to fo- so fucking burn a reaction, big whoop, to force the creature to make a saving throw with its spellcasting ability modifier. The DC equals your spell save DC. On a failed save, you negate the spell's effect against you, and you steal the knowledge of the spell if it is at least first level and you have a level... Uh, end of a level you can cast and it doesn't need to be a wizard spell which is what the arcane trickster uses and for the next eight hours you know the spell and can cast it using your spell slots the creature can't cast that spell until the eight hours have passed so in one reaction you negate the spell's effect you steal the spell and you stop them from using that spell ever again I that's gonna be pretty fucking useful in there are tier. there are two controlling factors to this one you can't use it again until a long rest and two, you only have fourth level spells as a arcane trickster. Still though, they're usually big environmental spells. And I'd like to point out, fireball is third level. Yeah. So there you go. Exactly. Dan's put his glasses on. I'm Adam. Thanks for trying. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck you. Okay. All <laughs> colonials look the same. I'm there. fucking British white girl hammered. So. <laughs> <laughs> your your chaver thought. <laughs> what are you looking at there, Adam? I'm trying to. Oh, read. that's right. We just stopped talking. That's right. This is a podcast. People expect us to speak. I, what are you looking at? I, I I don't see that there's anything in there about what level that it has to be. Yeah, uh, of the spell that is at least uh, first level and of a level you can cast, and you can only cast fourth level spells. True. Okay. All right. Guys, that's it for Arcane Trickster. I like him, though, in all honesty. The spell... The, sorry, the, the subclass is called Arcane Trickster. Why the shit are you able to steal a cleric's spells? Because for the most part, you can only cast that's an, spells. Yeah, it's an arcane ability. Your spell it's list defined. is arcane. Yeah, but you're stealing... No, but it's stealing. an arcane ability. The ability oh, to okay. steal is arcane. That's that's what it is. The <sighs> same, learn, you're, it's not bestowed upon you by a god, therefore it is arcane. True, but like you are imposing the will of a god by stealing a cleric spell. Yeah, but you're stealing the knowledge of that spell from them through arcane means. From, from the cleric, which yeah. means you are removing the knowledge granted by a god. You are imposing. 
Okay, all right, okay, all right, I'm going to... As a level gonna, 17. All right, you got, you stop talking. You've spoken too much already. I've been very quiet, and I'm going to talk now. <laughs> that is patently false. Patently false? All right, this is why you need to stop talking. All right, so here we go. The god comes down and gives you a present. Inside this present is a crowbar. You are a cleric. Happy divine crowbar. A rogue walks up and takes a crowbar from you using his mage hand, an arcane ability to do that. Yes, it was a gift from a god, but no, they didn't actually get divine. Like, it, 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 it's an arcane ability to get that spell. Yeah. To get that spell. No, 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 by I, divine I, means, I, you don't have to be divine no, to no, use it. I get it, but Why? Like why it because it's a fucking rogue and it can do everything anyway. Why are why is this why the, is this the one that pisses you off? God. Why is the seventeenth oh, no, level high powered ability the one that we haven't got to assassin yet? Oh, assassin's the thing that's gonna piss you off? Yes. Assassin's the most balanced out of all of them. <laughs> no well, no, really. Do let me get into it. That's me. Adam, you take the floor. Alright, so assassin. First of all, I want you all to realize that every time that I say assassin, I'm saying ass twice. So for yes. the assassin. Double ass, that's the dream. Yeah. I don't right. know. I ass, ass to ass. No, other podcast. All right, so uh, this is when you are, it says, you focus your training on the grim art of death. So we are ah. we are getting as fucking edgelords as possible already on this. Um, but you get essentially five things. The first one is bonus proficiencies. Um, I like. I don't need to describe what an assassin is, right? It's pretty fucking straightforward. I have a question. Why? I'm sure you do. Why, uh, rather, is part of your bonus proficiencies the use of eyeliner? I am going to ignore you because you are a useless twat. Okay. So, oh, wow. Um, Shit. <laughs> bonus proficiencies. Love you too, bud. <laughs> and, uh, when you choose this archetype at third level, you get proficiency with the disguise kit and the poisoner's kit. So, yes, Dan, eyeliner. That is very much, that is the thing. Who uses kits? Nobody uses kits. We're going to do an episode. We're going to do an episode. We're going to teach the world how to use kits. Right? Because nobody knows the, what is the difference between a poisoner's kit and a and an herbalism kit. I fucking and tell you. There there is an answer and most people don't know it. So, um I feel like this is useless, which is fine because the rogue is overpowered in the first place. Then you get assassinate, also at third level. You are your deadliest when you get the drop on your enemies. First of all, if you haven't already taken your um alert feat, you need to do it at the next level. Because you're going to get a plus 10 to your initiative, and I'm assuming you have a you have a plus 5 modifier oh, yeah. in dex. That's all you need for this. Um, you have the advantage on attack rolls made to any creature that hasn't taken a turn in the combat yet. In addition, any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a critical hit. Okay, so I'm going to make this really clear. You have d8 hit points. You are... Probably pretty fast and light on your feet. You need to get in there, hit, and get the fuck out. Because you need to go before the enemy does. Mm -hmm. But you'll notice that there's not anything in there about the fact that you can't be surprised yet. That comes much later in the Rogue um, class, right? So, you got infiltration expertise. <coughs> you had to wait for me, didn't you? God damn you, Dan. This is why I hate you. Starting at ninth level, you can unfailingly create false identities for yourself. You must spend seven days and 25 gold pieces to establish a history, profession, and blah, blah, blah bullshit. Thereafter, you adopt the new identity as a disguise. Other creatures believe you to be that person. Great for roleplay. Nobody uses this. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Okay? Agreed. If you're going on, say, a ship for a long journey, this, that, this, that's what I would use. This yeah. is circumstantially useful, but, like, it's so circumstantial. Yeah. Yeah. If you, as a rogue player, are planning to go into Assassin later on, 
don't be the charlatan because the charlatan also gets this ability. Yeah, right. Like, okay. just don't do it. Um, You're doubling up. Uh, imposter. At 13th level, you gain the ability to unerringly mimic another person's speech, writing, and behavior. So you just, it's the actor feat. I mean, I yeah. don't think there's an actor feat anymore. In, yeah, there's. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, your ruse is indiscernible to the casual observer. If a wary creature suspects something is amiss, you have advantage on any deception check you make to avoid detection. Again, this is going to happen so infrequently. It's too loose. The rules it's, are not too It's loose. also more than halfway through tier three. Yeah. Right? So, like, I'm fine. I'm going to pretend to be the barbarian. I know that you should be hatching schemes at the end of tier three and tier four, and you need to be, you're dealing with high level, um, like political figures and religious figures and yeah. cult leaders and shit. So this is useful once every eight sessions. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not getting what I want out of it, but again, that's okay because the rogue is already too powerful. Yeah. Right? You already got a lot of other shit you can do, right? And then starting at 17th level, you get Death Strike. So you become a master of instant death. When you attack and hit a creature that is surprised, so still you're relying on that first attack only. When you attack and hit a creature that is surprised, you, it must make a con saving throw. Which is DC eight plus your Dex modifier, which should be five, plus your proficiency bonus, which I believe is plus five or six at seventeenth level. Mm-hmm. I don't remember now. Um, and on a failed save, so like we're talking DC nineteen. On a failed save, you double the damage against the attack. So you are not only loading up your sneak attack and auto critting, but now you are doubling all that damage. Right. So you're doing a shit ton of damage, but you had to wait to level seventeen to get this. Yeah. I'm actually really okay with the assassin as an overall build because it encourages you to actually role play. It encourages you to understand. <laughs> I might kill you tonight. Yeah, so might Adam. I'll hold him. I'll yeah. hold him. You hit him. I'll fucking continue because I have what a point it, to what say. What was that thing called where Dan was talking about? Wanking in your face. Oh, we we that, call uh, what was it called? Like the face buster or something. Oh, uh, oh yeah, there was a shit busting face, beating face, beating face. <laughs> beating there it face. is. So that that's a that's a deep dive. That's a quick callback. Yeah. But look, I I like the assassin because the mid range stuff is underpowered and it doesn't do a whole lot. But your mid range rogue stuff is super powered to your evasion and your uncanny dodge and all that crazy shit that you're getting. So it actually feels pretty balanced. And then at level 17, you get this big fuck off ability, right? Yeah. To do even more damage. But it leans so heavily into the role playing. You're going to be overpowered at level three, four, maybe five. And then that's it. You get one attack that matters and then you're done. Yeah. Right? You got to play a chess game. With with rogues on the battlefield, you really do. And with, an, talk about that. And with an assassin, it's the same move over and over again, which is why I really like it. Yeah. Um, okay. Compared to the others, I, I think that arcane trickster is way too broad and loose, and you can do so many freaking things with it. And it's bizarre how many things you can do with it. And I think that thief is what rogue should be, and rogue is what thief should be. Okay. So assassin just kind of feels right to me. So my only problem with the assassin. Um, I have issues with class features that can be taken as either backgrounds or feats. Um, right. It, it, it feels weird to me. It's a, it feels like an easy way to overpower something because if you take a background, then you can t- take another feat. So if you are if you are a level 13 assassin, yep. rogue assassin, and you have taken the charlatan background, and you have taken the actor feat, you are now, you have two useless abilities. 
right? Uh, the infiltration expertise, that is your charlatan background. And your imposter feat is, or your imposter, your 13th level ability is uh, actor light. The feat actor does so much more than imposter. And it's weird to me that at level four, you could, or, okay, you want your surprise attack. So you take alert at level four. At level eight, you're probably taking actor if you're playing an assassin. No, you're probably bumping up your decks up to where it needs to be. Or something like that. Yep. But, like, the one class, like, you're either an, an assassin or you're a bard is taking actor. Right? I don't see your barbarian taking actor. I would love to see it, though. I would love to see it. If you got a good build with that. But, like... No, no. Here's, I, here's, I, here's, I, just, I disagree with that. I mean, I can see clerics. I can see a priest taking actor. I can see um, warlocks are all full of deception. I can see, like, there are some things out there that... So, here's why I say imposter is actor light. Imposter, at 13th level, you gain the ability to mimic another person's speech, writing, and behavior. You must spend at least three hours studying these three components of the person's behavior. Actor feat, you can mimic the speech of another player, so just the speech, but you only need to do it for one minute. Right. And then, a successful uh, insight check, contested by your deception, which you are an actor, so it's going to be pretty big, allows a listener to determine that the effect is faked. Right. So here's what I'm hearing from you, Dan. This class that is already overpowered and has too much shit, if a person doesn't min-max properly, will not be even more overpowered than it already is. No, I'm saying... Is that what you're saying to I'm, me? I'm saying, if you're an assassin, you should have things that you... Like, the feet should benefit... The class, in some way. They should they should bolster. Sorry, that's you're, the word I'm looking for. You're looking for synergy class. between the feats and I'm, the... I'm looking for something there, right? And and you basically put the, your level 13th ability and your level... Uh, your level Sorry, your level 13th ability, you put that in a feat that you could take at 4th level. Or if you're a human, variant first level. Right. Okay, but see, and here's the thing again, is if you decide to take the actor feat at 4th level... You probably shouldn't have picked Assassin if you didn't read all the way through it in the first place. True. Or if you did, then you're not min-maxing. Good for you. Congratulations on your roleplay. You're playing the game appropriately. Fuck. <laughs> That's all I have to say here is, fuck. <laughs> I, like, this, this entire scenario is just, it's, it's a moot point to me, right? I know what you're saying is that you want synergy between one and the other. <laughs> I get that. And I do too when I am min-maxing the shit out of this, yeah. which is why... I'm not allowed to play rogues and bards. Well, no, no, you're not. So, right. so the situation I see happening is someone rolling their rogue, wanting to have that aspect, taking the actor feat, and then getting to level 13 because, of course, they haven't read all through a Assassin, seeing they get this, and then going to the DM and saying, hey, can we work something out here? Can I take a different feat or something? Yeah, but this right? is no different to me than a tiefling bard who then decides to add hellish rebuke to their freaking magical secrets. You already have it. Why are you doing it? It's because you didn't build this properly, but it makes sense for your character to have it. This is just a matter of min-maxing. That's the only thing you're talking about here, right? This is no different. There are all sorts of ways that you can pick up spells or abilities or feats or, or things that mimic those yeah, I know. in other ways. And so if, if you can already see in darkness... Maybe don't get the spell that lets you see in darkness. That's that's a no-brainer to me. True. So, if, but, but if, I, I, I'm just we're not going to see eye to eye on this one. I just see the imposter being uh, object of contention, a, a spot of contention between players and DMs. 
I think that if the player comes to the dungeon master and says, look, I already have this thing twice, your DM should do one of two things. Say, yep, should have read that ahead of time. Or, yeah, man, do do what you need to do. We'll replace it with this. Yeah. Right? And that's what that's Re- the point I was trying to get to is, is maybe DMs let your players move this around if they really need to. Or or if... No, man, if, fuck the road. You already can't hit them with any area of effects. Right, they're already not taking any goddamn damage from from anything. They're they're hopping around the battlefield. They're seeing your invisible people. They're stealing your spells. Yeah, man. If, if, if they sit <laughs> they're there, they're not if you're an assassin. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they sit there and say, you know what, this one ability isn't really working for me, but this is an overpowered class in the first place. I, I have no problem. I've actually found something that I'm not really good at. Can well, we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and that's just it. When the when the bard says, you know, I really wish I could have twenty two charisma. No, man, I mean, you're already no, fucking good at this shit, right? So, look, I, look. my point is, I like the Assassin because it's not as ridiculously overpowered as the other two we've talked about. And the and the fact that, yeah, there are other ways to go about getting a couple of these, um, these abilities that the Assassin has, just makes it even less necessary to go into this unless you're in it for the role play. And that's what I like about the Assassin. You're looking at it strictly mechanics. Right. Well, yeah, because we're breaking down mechanics. No, I'm actually breaking down a subclass and the proper way to use it. I know, and I was doing the same thing for Thief, and I would say that the Assassin's more powerful than the Thief. Uh, the Assassin has one attack that is potentially more powerful if the circumstances line up exactly 100% of the time. And the Thief lets you run up walls. Yes. It lets you live longer. It also lets you steal all of the shit and use magic devices for some stupid reason. All of these are imbalanced and bizarre and strange. By having one super attack that you're only going to get off in like every third combat encounter, that doesn't feel <laughs> overpowered to me considering your other really important powerful shit is a poisoner's kit. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah use your poisoner's kit. They're, they're, like, come on. There we are. Like, I'm not, I'm not really, I don't, I don't see what your complaint is here. It's like, Instead of there being four really useful abilities or five really useful abilities, like everything in Thief is, they have one really useful combat mechanic, and the other shit is really just fluff. There's not a whole lot else going on in Assassin. Ah, we're going to disagree, but okay. We could go all night on this one. We could. I think we should probably move on. There was a joke in there where Dan said you're getting off in every third encounter, which me and the rest of the internet heard. But you two didn't, so we'll move on. Okay. Um, Adam, yes. I believe you would like to cover the giveaway. Yes, I would. Um, well, that was the fastest calm down. <laughs> I'm not really upset. Look, rogues are broken. I never get to play a rogue. And if I would, I'd play a swashbuckler you do, anyway. It, oh, no, that it only applies in British Columbia. If you go to Alberta, they'll let you play a rogue. I guess that's true. Yeah. Now, right now, but maybe mm-hmm. not in the future. Um, so, not in Quebec. Well... The giveaway. <laughs> For the giveaway. Uh, we are still running this. This is still the um, best giveaway you've ever heard of. This is the single greatest giveaway of all time. We are selling Dan. <laughs> I'll sign him. <laughs> you get your very... No, okay. So, Dan, I love you and I'm sorry. You can... He's just... He's... He's giving me fuck you eyes. You know what? Dan, at the end of, uh, was it last episode, said some really nice things about you as well. Said that yeah, he really yeah. loves you. Yeah. And that'll learn you. Said he thinks, <laughs> <laughs> said he thinks that you're a good person. And you were I'm set. I'm setting the record straight. Yeah. So um, that you don't have to be a power gamer. 
I'm, I'm just trying to piss you off now. Is put down the knife. No. Put down the knife, Daniel. Oh do the giveaway. All right. So uh, for the giveaway, what you need to do is you need to reach out to us uh, in any one of the different ways that you can. The first one is you can send us an email at info at itsamimic.com. You can reach us. Uh, you can reach us on Instagram. We're at itsamimic or through Twitter. Uh, it, we're at itsamimic dnd. That's not the ampersand, that's the letter N. So uh, reach out to us and let us know which of us are each race, class, and background. It's really simple. Um, if you want to let us know why, that's a load of fun too. But we're going to sit down at the very end. We're all going to judge who's got the best answer. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to tell you all why. And then we were going to give a shit ton of prizes to the person that wins. Yeah. Right? So this is not going to be a random draw. This is your skill, your ability, your perception check, your insight mm. are both required. And now you have to persuade us. Who is Dan? Who is Dan on the inside? And don't just say half-work barbarian or a bard because he's on a podcast. See the real Dan, the gnome investigator deep inside, or the tiefling... All right, so we're back. We totally just cut shit out because it went off the rails. We're, we usually should have rated R. That one total, totally rated uh, triple X. No, yeah, we've never was... been in such unanimous agreement where we like, go fuck. Yeah, that's out. that's a yeah, that's out. a so sorry, our, internet. That's our... I usually apologize for nothing. I apologize for this one. Anyway, what you need to do is reach out to us at any of the places that we said. We'll repeat it again at the end of the episode. Um, and, uh, and let us know who we are, race, class, and background. And the best answer, um, overall for all three of us will be the person that wins the giveaway. Yep. Uh, anyway, do we have a shout out that you would like to do, Terry? Do you know what? Yeah, but I forgot the name of the account. So you two distract them real quick. It was one that I just found. I actually found earlier on this week and I thought it was great. We're not going to say a thing. We're not going to say a thing. No, we're just going to let you you sit. For once, no, you know what? I apologize to Dan, and then I removed it. We removed it in editing. So everyone else, if you're wondering why Dan and I are on the same side now, it's because I'm giving him a handy. No. Uh, it's because you moved over three inches on a omnibus. That's what I said. I'm a handyman, just like you, Dan. And no, you're nothing like me. Anyways, uh, Terry's still scrolling. It's a a terrain building account. They gotta find it. I mean, we we got one. Okay, you do yours. I'll I'll do mine next time. All right. Um, I've got one. Uh, I'd like to do a big shout out to Epic Gym. Epic Gym has been fuck Epic Gym. No, I don't mean I don't mean (laughs) I don't mean fuck Epic Gym. I mean fuck comma stop. Yeah, of course Epic Epic Gym. Gym, Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Epic Gym is fantastic. He is just, he's been doing this forever. He's got over, he's got, I think by the time that this is going to air, he's going to have like 1,200 posts. It's all D&D, all the time. He's been at this for years. He's super knowledgeable. And I absolutely love the stuff that he does. Um, he's got such a deep dive, such a deep history into everything. You can find him on Instagram at Epic Gym. It's all one word. Um, and he's just like the nicest guy in the world and also is... Just a huge wealth of information. Anytime I see one of his posts, I'm scrolling through it to learn new shit. Yeah. Right? And it's not just even like how to use a rogue, but like sometimes it's the history of D&D or look at this really cool set. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look at this. I want to know who built this. I need to find out who these creators are. Yeah. Right? So it's he's just a wealth of where I get my info from. And he does a lot of cool like like info stuff um, or informative stuff as well. Uh, he also has a wicked mimic tattoo. Oh my god, is that a tattoo? Yeah, and that t- thing is amazing. It has it has my tongue in it, 
right? If you go look at it, it's your from a blue on the long end. and blue. Yeah. Is that is your circulation okay? <laughs> no, <laughs> clearly not. It's ice cold tongue. You goddamn right, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you too, but you know, oh, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Anyway, he posted a thing on June 15th. Go see my tongue. Uh, <laughs> this this podcast. Oh, is really I, I'd also like to point out that he sat down for an interview with uh, Cameron and Keith from D and D Coalition, Coalition. Yeah. and Fire and Dice. Yeah, he sat down with them and did a fantastic interview. So uh, really, sit down and, and give it a watch. So, all right. Yep. Thank you, Epic Jim, for being a great uh, contributor to this community. Yep. Or as we call him, James. Brilliant, James. Uh, we, we, yep. Dan and I. That silence was Dan and I looking at Adam for a uh, reaction. There was none. There was none. He is cold. Uh, like my tongue, ladies. Topic... Th- oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> topic three, gentlemen, we're going to talk about creative builds and is how... Is a cold tongue a good thing? I'm just no, looking into no. it now. One, it's going to be a terrible thing. And two, this podcast has gone no. so far off the fucking no, rails. It's found it. a different set of rails. It. I'm not going. doing it. We're not talking about this. No. I'm, not doing <laughs> it. I'm not doing it. I've gone rogue. Not doing it. Hey! High five! Oh, my God, did you two just miss your high five? <laughs> Intentionally. Okay, good. Good one, Dan. Creative <laughs> creative builds. How to use archetypes creatively. And after that, we'll talk about uh, new creative ideas for characters. But right now, you guys ready to roll the dice for the second time? So so what, what are we we're talking about? How to use archetypes creatively. Okay. Any one of the archetypes. Okay. Oh, 15. Fuck, yeah, still 15. Okay, that's the second time tonight that one of you fuckers has tried to knock my die. Successfully done it, and it landed on the same number. Oh, I get to go first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, should we choose a specific archetype or cover a little bit loosely of everything? That's up to you. Just, just do whatever you want. I'm going to the bathroom. You got damn right. It's up to Give me. Give me a beer. I'm the dungeon master. Oh. <laughs> is he leaving? So, yeah. He oh, is. he is leaving. He's legit leaving. Okay. I want to talk about arcane tricksters and how to use them creatively. Yep. Not necessarily with background and stuff because... I said before, mine was like a Victorian-style gent. You guys kind of said it was sort of like Gambit. But more your role as the arcane trickster. You're not as powerful as a regular rogue. You're not a fighter. You do not have all of the spells that the wizard has. My argument with arcane trickster is that your job is to inconvenience the enemy to constantly keep them on the back foot. The wizard is concentrating on the high-level spells. It's concentrating on their sickening radiance. Your job is to concentrate on the lower level spells to inconvenience the enemy to keep them on the back foot. Your job is to concentrate on Bane to keep the enemy on the back foot. Your job is to make them have to constantly react to what you're doing to stop them from implementing their own plan. So you're casting silence. So now they have to react to that. Now they have to get out of that silence or they have to use their action to overcome it. You're casting darkness. You're inconveniencing their environment. You're making their job having to deal with your bullshit they, so the rest of the party can do their job. An arcane trickster is a lot like a... I find they're very similar to bards where they are uh, uh, backwards support. It's Yeah, it's a right? thankless job, though. It is very thankless. Because like, everyone will be like, what, all you're doing is casting silence? Like the wizard's casting... Sp- yeah, I'm doing that because that means they have to spend their turn dealing with my bullshit so you can do your job exactly. and cause the damage. So so, so you are a literal thorn in the big bad evil guy's side. 100%. And that's yeah. exactly how I played it. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Absolutely love it. You're, um, ju- yeah, you're getting attacked by ogres. Boom. That's fine. I cast command. You. Flee. Go. Boom. Now he's got a dash 60 feet away from you and now has to spend his turn coming back. So exactly. I just removed one enemy for a whole round. For at least a round. And, and really you don't need to do more than that. 
Um, cause most combats, especially when you're getting to the level where you are like using your mage hand to get in their face. Yeah. By the time you're that level, most rounds are two or three or yeah. most ba- uh, uh, combats are two or three rounds at most. Yeah. So I, right? I, th- I think with a big point I'm trying to put across here is I think sometimes when things are so open as arcane trickster, it's not clear what your job is. No. Your job is to cause so much bullshit and to fuck with the enemy. You're keeping them on the back foot so everybody else can do their job of causing damage. They're spending their turn having to deal with your bullshit. Yep, absolutely. So they don't get to implement and, that plan. And, I, and I like to say, when you were playing Duke, like we're, that's, yep. that was your Arcane Trickster, you did this fantastically because you you would pair up with uh, the um, wizard and do things like, what was it, the Black Bomb? The Black Bomb. Right? And, and, and you made sure that there was a lot of synergy between you and the other caster in yep. the group to really mess with whatever you could. And we had, we did have, we were working on a few little plans like this based on um, you know, situations depending on how we fall in the initiative order. So the black bond comes from, okay, in the initiative order, we've talked about strategies before. I know that if I go before you, I will cast darkness over the enemy. So when it gets to your turn right after, when you cast fireball, they have disadvantage on that, on that save. Exactly. So boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, for me, uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I love how the thief, uh, harkens back to the old style rogue. So I would definitely play. And lean into uh, the old style rogue aspect of the thief. Um, this would be your character who is uh, um, going around, and and I would I would play a thief in a very combat light campaign. Like as much as uh, there are certain like the the level seventeen ability to go twice yeah. is great. But really, one, you're not really going to be getting to seventeenth level. Let's be realistic, people, especially with rogue being one of the most multi classed. Uh, um, classes very in the game. Very few people taking it. Very yeah, few are going to get to level 17. I'm back. But like, I, I totally feel like you are making a level 14 rogue at the beginning yep. of the campaign and then Rather than moving up. forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've made the choice late to go all the yeah. way through. Right? So what I would do with your thief is I would play heavily into the, of course, something I love doing, I'd play heavily into the tropes, make him a gnome. Uh, or or a halfling and just be this little weaselly guy on the side who is uh, dashing around the uh, battlefield much the same as you. He's not a combatant in that sense, but he's pulling out weapons and stuff from the pockets of yeah. enemies. He's, he's disarming and uh, pulling out key things. Your thief is going to be the one who's managing the environmental effect while the rest of the party deals with the monsters. That's the way I see this, right? So I, I would definitely lean into that when you're playing. So you're kind of doing the reverse of what I was saying. My my plan was you give them bullshit that they have to deal with in your turn so that the your the rest of the party could do their damage. You're saying take Preemptively away, deal take, with away take away their bullshit. Yeah. So that they don't have bullshit to give to you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Adam? Adam? Adam's back. Adam's returned from his three minute piss. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, once a it's week got a for, long way to travel. Once a week for five minutes. That's how I'd be. Drink more water, right. please. Um, We're concerned. So I'm like a camel. <laughs> so, um, so I, I have two thoughts. The, the first one is that one hump or two. Um, <laughs> Dan, you bother me. So uh, I've got two thoughts. The first one is I hope you guys mentioned the fact that uh, arcane tricksters. When you were talking about Terry, yeah. they have access to counterspell. And there's nothing that's going to fuck up the enemy faster than Counterspell. I didn't mention that, but what you're, the point you're getting to is the point I was discussing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I would re- really lean into, you get access to 
third level wizard spells. Counter spell is nuts. Everyone's going to lean towards the damage, the damage of fireball, but you probably have another spellcaster in, in the party that's doing that. Yeah. You're already super sneaky and stuff anyway. Get, getting behind the enemy and going, no, you don't. Yeah. Would be a fantastic way yeah. of messing with the DM and the and the enemy. So I, I think if we could really say anything about the arcane trickster, um, it is your spells and the spells known that you have should really be focused on screwing up the enemy uh, units or battlefield control. There should not be a lot of like damage. Like you shouldn't be really focusing on evocation yeah. as an arcane. Battlefield trickster. control is a hundred percent. I would say yes. There of of the three that we have that we're talking about. Today, that's definitely the one that leans heavily, uh, the most into the um, combat encounters, I would say. Mm-hmm. And you're not there to be a, a heavy hitter. No. Right? I was just saying, Dan, it's a thankless job in that because you're not causing the heavy damage. You're, you're just trying to put everyone else in a position where they can. I also feel like you should be carrying a whole lot of healing potions as well because you're going to be the backup cleric. You've got all of the healing potions at all that speed. And you can use them as a bonus action. My yeah. selfish arcane tricks that I don't think ever had any health potions ever other than the ones he was planning on using on himself. But I mean, uh, it, it's kind of a half measure for if you don't have a healer, have a har- have an arcane trickster. Yeah. So anyway, and um, but I was thinking, you know, your arcane trickster is combat. I think the thief is really exploratory. Yeah, it is. That, that's the best thing about the thief. As much as you're able to survive in combat. And that's the thing about the rogue. I feel like the rogue, if the rogue had a D6 for hit dice, I would have zero complaints. Because all of it's defensive and avoiding and evasion, all that shit. I'm into it now. Because you only have like 40 freaking hit points. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Um, but uh, I'm on board with that. Yeah. No, I, I think we were arguing earlier. Like I think we could reach an accord on that one. Where like really the rogue having the standard like. And, it, and it's built in because you have to be within 30 feet to use sneak attack. Right. Right. That's why they have the D8. Screw them. Give them a D6. They've got all these other mechanics that will help them avoid damage. Let them do it, right? Yep. So that if they go into to combat and they're going to do their assassinate or their sneak attack or whatever, they're going to get in, hit, and get the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, they right? got to be very careful with how they're playing. Which is why your 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 freaking mage hand at 30 feet suddenly matters that much yeah. more. Anyway, so the other thing, um, though, is that while yours is very much about exploration, climbing walls, sneaking around and stuff, the assassin is about role play. Because honestly, there's... That one attack that you can do, and you can do even better at 17th level, but there's nothing else going on there except roleplay heavy stuff. And then you look at it, and because you have, and I know you're going to get mad at me because of the min-maxing thing again, but because you have things like Imposter and uh, the other one, I forget what it's called, um, because you have those, take a really unique background. You don't need your background to support your class like you do in other situations right like your background is far more supportive in like a barbarian than it is a rogue you said you said don't pick charlatan if you're going to be an assassin i'm like well yeah my assassin is not a charlatan (laughs) my assassin is going to be something else radically different yeah and and that's what i'm saying like you could be like a noble or you could you could you could be a knight assassin i i don't see why you wouldn't do that well all right hold on you put a pin in that because i want to circle back to that for the next thing but um (sighs) You want to be, I would say, the second one in the in the marching order all of the time. Mm-hmm. You want to be hiding behind your meat shield with the ability to dart forward and get get shit or check traps or oh, yeah. Also, if you're relying on your sneak attack, if you do want to cause damage, you you got to see where they position themselves. Yeah, first you don't want to be going first. You want so, to you want to let them put themselves in front of the enemy. So strangely enough, as much as this is a role play heavy um, subclass, 
Dex is your number one, right? Yeah. I would say that charisma is probably your number two. You want to pass those checks mm. as an imposter. But your number three has got to be wisdom. You've got to be able to get your perception up and running. You've got to be able to um, to understand the world around you better than the average person mm-hmm. does, right? Well, I so, played Arcane Tricks, so I had intelligence as my number two. That, I mean, yeah. that makes sense. You're, it's one of your saves, right? Because mm-hmm. your intelligence should be high. But I don't really feel the need to pump into intelligence too much for, for a, an for assassin. Rogue. Yeah, not for an assassin. Yeah. Even if it's rogue in general, it seems it doesn't. I mean, it fits I, to a degree, but it's it's not perfect. I don't know. I think uh, your thief, uh, your int's going to be higher than your wisdom. Like perception's good, but you need your investigation. Right, it's uh, true. I see. I was going to say well, the argument for thief is you want higher wisdom because you need to be more aware of the world around you as opposed to being academically book smart. But what you're saying there with investigation is a good. You argument. need to be able it's to find argument. the thing to steal it, right? Yeah, but so. I think you also need to have perception. You have to be able to hear the guard coming. Yep. So I would say that. Oh, wisdom's your third, right? I like close third, right? And a close. I, third. Ideally, yeah. I'm looking for a plus five dex and a, and yeah. plus threes give or take. We're getting reliable your... talent, right? So yeah, was, yeah. yeah. A, anyway, so that's uh, that's where I'm coming from. I, I really do think that all of this is is too powerful for what it does, and not powerful enough for the rest. Yeah. But I mean, there are bigger offenders out there as far as yeah. not powerful enough. We can look at the Purple Dragon Knight. Yeah. Or too powerful, we can look at College of Lore. Right, there's yeah. there's bigger and badder stuff out there. We but. we can generally agree that we like we have our qualms with the rogue class, but I love dipping into the rogue class. Like I, I love playing a rogue. Um, I love the mechanics side. We could kind of agree at the table. You were that, gambit, and you took levels in rogue. I just got it. Oh shit! I'd love to take levels in rogue. Not how she was in the movies, but how she was in the cartoon. Oh man, that nineties cartoon. Man, that yeah, that might have been part of my sexual awakening. Yeah, yeah, that oh, sugar. Yeah. Yeah, oh right? yeah, yeah. Man, for that sure. accent derailed. Anyways, Anyways what are we derailed. doing next? Next, <laughs> interesting builds. God damn, I liked rogue. Um, yeah, but we're gonna yeah we're gonna talk about a single new creative idea for a character. Uh, let's roll dice for it. Yeah, dice for the first little while. Sure, I'm going last. All right. Not the order to roll my dice. Uh, what's this? We call this the bouncer. Boom. Now get it inside the box. <laughs> I went so, from three to four. So we tied, Dan. We tied. No, we tied, Terry. Yeah, we got to go. I got to go first. to knock both of you guys. Natural 20 on I the... I finally get a nat 20. Shit. I'm going second. Though. Yeah, there we go. I'm going okay. last. That's what I get for being an arcade so, trickster. So my interesting build is I would I, I, I want to roll a thief and I want to roll a gnome thief. But I don't want to roll... Fuck. Off. Just oh, one second. Jeez. There's a very clear reason why I'm rolling Acolyte as a background because this guy is a, a follower of Garl Glittergold, the gnome god of everything, like just the gnome god. And uh, Garl Glittergold is about amassing wealth. He, he's he's a god of wealth. He's all that other stuff. So I would be using my gnome thief as a character who is incredibly devout to his god and he steals not necessarily because he even necessarily wants to but because he uh has this act of devotion that his god has blessed him to do and he feels all of his abilities as a thief the fast hands the ability to run up a wall all these other things are uh gifted to him by garl glittergold in order to amass garl glittergold's wealth so he's stealing all the stuff he t- gets, and he's running over to the Church of Garl Glittergold and donating it to the church. That is a pain in the ass to say. Garl Glittergold? Yes. There's Welcome to gnomes. There's a church for that god? 
Oh, one hundred percent there is. There's a church and, for and, every god. And I would and I would say like oh, the church of Go- the church of Garl Glittergold is gonna be like in the basement of the Church of Many Faiths, and it's gonna be off to a side behind a secret door through a maze, and when you get there, there's gonna be that one old rogue who sits there and goes, Alright, cool, give me the stuff and it'll go to the church or something like I that. I feel right? like like the the church is really just the Church of Garl Glittergold, that's just a mouthful. Is like a it. thieves guild. It not only is it it's not only is it a thieves guild, but it's an afterthought. It's one statue over there with an outstretched palm and a slit in the palm for you to put all the coins in, and you'll never see it again. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's it. There's nothing else to that church. The Church of Something is a great name though for a thieves guild. Yeah, the last, the, but the Church of Something is. Oh no, I, I like just simply the Church of Something. <laughs> the Church of. Uh, Hold on, I can get this. And it's like, uh, and it's, and it's garl glitter gold. So like, it's, it's like a, uh, tattered piece of paper that's like glued to a wall, like a, uh, bill posting that just says the church of something. And there's just the one handout with a slot. Well, our lady of perpetual avarice. Sure. I mean, something went on your mind there where you went well away from what we originally talked about. Well, the, the, no, the, the church of, with, with our lady of, Perpetual avarice. No. Sure, I, I, I would, I would build this gnome thief in order to be an acolyte character and incredibly devout. Dan, like, I love ha- it. Has his holy symbol, has everything else, and you could dip into cleric a little bit if you really so wanted to. But I would focus on being that gnome love thief. It, you just built a kender, and I hate you. There we have it, Dan's I did idea. Not, I did not just build a kender. He built a kender. Dan's idea for a creative rogue was a gnome thief. Adam. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be completely and totally upfront and honest. You need to be a tiefling or a half-elf, and you need to build James fucking Bond. Stop being an assassin with a dark cloak <laughs> sitting in the corner with a blow dart through the fucking window. Yeah. No, man, this is not toxic dart. That's not what we're doing here. This is James fucking Bond. You are sitting in the middle of the casino. Which one? Which name? Which actor? Oh, you're Connery. Uh, oh, Connery, if you're taking the bar, dipping bar. Uh, yeah, uh, I would say you know Pierce it, Brosnan. It, it, Pierce Brosnan feels right. No, Timothy Next Dalton. Class. It's Timothy Dalton. Yeah, Timothy, you're Timothy Dalton. When is it ever Timothy Dalton? Wow. This time. This, this is time. A long time. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. I, I feel like Daniel Craig. He, he really leans into the license to kill, but you need Monk to do that parkour. Yeah, because he's doing a lot of fist right? fighting. Do you know who pulls off the suave quite well? Was uh, was uh, Roger Moore? Actually. Roger Moore was suave, but he was also in Moonraker, so I just can't. I just can't. Yeah, like that's his interview to a killer, which is a fucking killer. Yeah. Oh, Christopher Walken is a he's a yeah fucking lovely individual. Love it. Anyways, back to this. You need to play a spy. We don't really play into the spy master side of things yeah. with the assassin. So why not? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I just want to see that aspect of maybe you are the queen's spy. Maybe you are an agent of the royalty. You are a good spy fighting for queen and country or whatever it is. I love it. I, right? I like the idea of the party going into, let's say a party, for example. The barbarian has to pretend to be the, the manservant off to the side that's carrying your stuff. The crazy sorceress girl is becoming your, uh, she has to be a lady for the evening. Yeah, even though she's not a lady of the evening. The crazy, a little and, the reason, yeah. and the reason I said girl is because I imagined a crazy sorceress teenager when I said that. Yeah, Scarlet Witch. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, but I, I absolutely love the idea of being an assassin who is in the right. This is not somebody who's like poisoning his daggers. In yeah, his, in yeah. His the thing about the assassin is, in previous editions, when the assassin was a prestige class, you yeah. had to be evil to get into it. You don't have to do that now, and I love it. Yeah, and I I think that's a lot of fun. I also think it's a lot of fun if you're able to use crossbows in it as well. 
Yeah. So that you can have a little bit of your, your PP7. I, I, I would, I would also love to just use a blow dart. I mean, what, like, why not? Right. Right. It's there's, at least once or twice. Just it, do it, man. You got the ability. But uh, suddenly the imposter thing makes a whole lot more sense. Right. And, and there's the, uh, the, you get the sneak attack, you get the drop on someone. Man, my weapon of choice. I'm proficient with garrote. I'm sorry. Garrote. It's the uh, piano oh, right, wire. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. And that's it. Right. Proficiency of piano wire. I'm into it. If I get the DM's approval, this is why I can't be a rogue. Yeah. Right, because I would just derail the whole campaign. That's, no, that's, if, that's just in your pocket, right? Yeah. Yeah. Love so, that. so I think my next campaign that I run, that it's going to be a nude campaign, I'm more than happy. I'm sorry, did you say a nude campaign? New campaign. I, I swear I closed said, back on that. I swear you said nude campaign. You gave me an idea. Adam, I promise to you, you could play a rogue or a bard. Can I play a rogue bard? You can play a rogue bard. A brogue. A brogue. I will play a brogue. Are you going to name him Brick? No. No. <laughs> Come on. He's a brogue. New D and D though. That's right. Frederick, write that. Down. Frederick. Frederick. It's Frederick. Frederick. Oh God, he's more useless than yeah. David. It's Frederick. No, get out of here, Frederick. We want David back. Write that down. <laughs> Stuff it. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's my turn. Ter- Ter- Terry. Um, I actually didn't go for a playable character in this one. I thought. You know what I thought to myself? What did you think to yourself? I said. What you did what? you say? No. What? Shut up. <laughs> Note how I wasn't. I was I know, giving you I, the yeah, space. I said, "Shut up!" And You're I was staring welcome. at Dan. Yeah, I, not force. I have it. Not enough. Uh, not enough rogue big bads out there for my liking. Not enough rogue big bads out there because we tend to lean on the on the on the casters. I okay. You keep going. Okay, Adam. I'm sure you have a rebuttal. I'm sure. But I imagine I'm imagining like the master thief of the of the thieves guild um, in in like a maze of locked doors. His minions are all popping up in and out, hiding, using their bonus action to hide with their sneak attacks, which is just a nightmare to work through when he's popping in and out of doors with these magic like skeleton keys or something. Um, at the point where he's known to be so intuitive, he's basically psychic because of the higher level abilities that you get. You can't hide from him either. So using all of those PC overpowered abilities yeah. against the party. Now the DM can use the rogue as the nightmare character. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, I, I, I view the uh, the rogue big bad is uh, subservient to a bard. Like, I, I don't know. Like, if you ever have a head of the Thieves Guild, that guy's a bard um, in my mind. Just because... Oh, it's his, but why? Uh, I don't know, man. Like the 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 being able to affect mass crowds of people. I mean, the rogue has the ability with its insane charisma and in, insane I don't know. everything they, else. But the bard's going to be far better at controlling a bunch of people who all they want to do is steal shit. Like the bard's going to be more uh, bent toward that. I love the idea of having the, the causes. Depends what the reason is. They want to do it, right? Go, Fair enough. What yeah. about uh, what about cults that are stealing for? Uh, no, no, no. I I, 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 I absolutely I absolutely love it. Like. Uh, imagine having that uh, arcane trickster big bad walk up to your wizard and your wizard is trying to cash it. And he's just like, how about no? How about no? How about no? Look at my hand. Mm. Right? From 30 feet away. Like, I, I, I love it. The reason being, they're mostly mundane. And it's, yep. it's spells, spells, spells all the time when you get to those uh, to those higher levels. If we can just be creative with environment, with traps, with mundane character abilities, you can have a really good mind fuck. Big bad using high levels of rogue, where they're basically good at everything. Okay, so I, I've got a couple thoughts on this. First and foremost is there is a card in the deck of many things which sets an assassin or a rogue off after the party. Love it. And yeah, there's your high powered, you know, yep. big bad. And I would just say, you know, he's level sixteen. You guys are level eight. Fucking run. Yeah. Right. Because he's coming. 
Because my second point is that anytime that you are going to build a bad guy based on a character class, they're going to really be at one quarter power effectiveness compared to the rest. They may get the drop on them, and if you're smart with the environment, that really works for you. But remember that these these are supposed to be superheroes. Yeah. And what you're doing is building a supervillain, but they're supposed to be the Avengers, and you're throwing one Avenger against five. Right? That's not a fair fight, so right. you really need to separate that out. The, the My next thought is that you are going to piss off your party, and I know this from experience. Terry, you may... Actually, you both may remember this. I don't remember when you joined the campaign, Dan, but... There was a room where there were a whole bunch of statues, and the statues were all wearing cloaks. And you guys I went in, there for that. and there were three, like, yeah, you were away for that session. And there were three um, rogues in there. They were all halfling sisters, and they all had on these, these robes, and they all had assassinate. And they just, as, as everybody's walking around trying to figure out what the puzzle is with these, the puzzle is, the only way out is through the door with the lock. One of these rogues has the key. And they, they're just rogues, and they were just coming out of nowhere, sneak attack, assassinate, and then and then back to where they were. You can now, if you wanted to be an arcane trickster, you can do shit with the invisible hand and all that. Yeah. But can you imagine how mad your players are going to be when you go to drop fireball and you burn a third level spell, and your rogues just like, nah, man, no damage. Yeah, right. It feels almost antagonistic to do it. What about how about this? Here's the justification. If there's a rogue in the party, well, can I do it then? All right, so so here's my thought process. Let's say that there are four level four um, characters, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to drop a level nine rogue because I feel like that's an even fight. Right. But they haven't seen any of this high-level rogue shit like Evasion yet, but my guy has it now. I'm pissing off the entire party. They're doing 2d6 sneak attack. I'm doing 5d6 sneak attack or whatever it is that I'm doing, right? Yeah. I'm overpowered. I've got assassinate on top of it. They've got two levels into their archetype. I've got seven. Like it's, it doesn't, there's no way for you to properly really balance out the crunching the math ahead of time. Yeah. I think you're going to piss off a lot of people, but I think it's a lot of fun to, to, your DM, you don't need to follow the rules. So make whatever character you want. Don't call them an assassin. Call them a spy. Don't call them an arcane trickster. Call them a jester. Like, whatever it is you want to yeah. do. Steal this ability and that ability. Bump up their hit points, and there you go. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I love the idea of a rogue bad guy, but I'd be re- really, really hesitant, because I've done it in the past, to build don't a... Don't be so on the nose with it. Yeah, because if you're following the rules, you're either going to get a TPK... You're going to frustrate the shit out of everybody, or you guys just going to die in the first round because the monk fucking stunned you. Yeah, right. And it does, they do. Yeah. So, and you put in four hours of character building to nothing. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's that's kind of my response to. to and that. I like it, and I agree with it. Chaps, anything else before we wrap this thing up? I do like the rogue. I really do. Um, it's it's. Uh, that's not what we've building been building towards for the past two hours. Please don't <laughs> end this podcast with this. How dare you? Rogues no. and druids will go down in a ball of flames on this <laughs> podcast. No, no, man. I, I, I honestly, I, I will be a proponent for rogues. They're, they're a fantastic class. They, they have some balance control issues, and, and I'll agree with you there. But they, they, they're, they're I fun, like right? They, they fit that niche, and I like the fact that they fit that niche. They're classic. So here's the thing I'll say at the end, though. I agree with you, and they are fun, but it's another type of character. Where once you've done it, 
you probably don't need to do it again for a while. Yeah, no, right? Rogue is 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 a phase every player goes to on their way to their... You can do Wizard and Warlock Paladin. in different ways. Yeah, know, I don't know. When you get to Xanathar's, you get a couple more interesting options. The Inquisitive but, Rogue is fantastic, and I forget. Yeah. Well, that, the freaking Mastermind and the Swashbuckler, right? We're going totally in opposite directions on this shit, right? Yeah. But I think that you're right. As far as the PHB subclasses go, that's... Yeah, once you've done it, you've done yeah. it. Um... I, I still dislike them, just as a, as a counterpoint. From a DM perspective, I dislike having to deal with them because it's this you've got a one-trick pony over and over and over again that you are just building encounters against this one person because it's imbalanced. <laughs> yeah. And so... How it, to not give them advantage, 101. Yeah, and that's really it. How to not use area of effect spells, right? Like, yeah. And there, there's not enough variety in the monster manual for you to be able to accurately counteract what a rogue can do on a consistent and interesting and varied basis. Yeah. So from a DM perspective... It doesn't seem like you're just trying to bullshit them. Like, oh, well, fuck, you just did that because you know. Exactly, yeah. right. All right, chaps. Um, well, what I would like to say before we wrap this up is I don't think we put this across clearly enough, is that I would just like to thank everybody that reaches out to us and comments on our post and talks to us on Instagram because we genuinely do get a laugh out of it. And the people that do it a lot are the people that we talk about on the podcast. We do. The people that are always always commenting on what we do. So anytime we see a post or you see us interacting on social media, jump in there because honestly, I always make jokes that I'm not going to talk to you. If you're commenting on my post, I will talk to you. I will talk to you. To make fun of you mostly, if I feel like I want to. Okay? So, if you want to talk to me, my... And uh, I will be a genuinely nice guy. It's hit and miss with me. Yeah, it's hit and miss with Adam. I'm, I'm just going to give the big reveal right now. Dan's actually a Rakshasa. So, <laughs> and don't trust him. Is that backwards hands <laughs> jazz or hands. jazz hands? Yeah. Backwards jazz hands. I don't know how you do it. Uh, but you can reach out to me. I am on Instagram at... At sendnoobsdnd. Am I gosh? It's Adam. Adam? You can reach any of us at It's a Mimic on well, Instagram. We can get into that. Yeah. This is my episode. Uh, give them yours. No, but I don't want to give them mine. Okay, fine. I want to point everybody at the at the group page this yeah. time. Okay, fine. And you can find me at It's a Mimic. And I'm kidding. You can <laughs> find me at Oscar underscore the underscore orc. That's with uh, all Ks on the things there. So I want you to know that my entire strategy for this entire episode is to come in and be as chaotic neutral as possible and just be all about me and bullshit it has it, it has worked i know and i want everyone at home that has listened all the way through this to realize that if you're doing that as a rogue fuck off that is not a personality type right this has been an educational podcast and you can reach any of us at it's a mimic on instagram or twitter <laughs> at it's a mimic dnd or info at it's a mimic.com my name is terry i'm your dm and your friend good night Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. Unless it's daytime, like you're going to work, I guess. Well, I, yeah, I think a lot of people listen to it in the morning. I get a lot of responses at like 10 a.m. Oh, I, the one or two days where I've oh, accidentally fuck. posted it a bit late, like they get, they climb up me. I like wake to get up. That thing I done. wake up and there's loads of fucking comments on the episode. I'm like, I just fucking got out of bed. And you yeah, get up I've like 4 a.m. Yes. Do you not listen to the episodes ahead of time? I listen to them on the way to work. 
I don't listen because if I listen to them way ahead of time, then that's like I put them on the Google Drive. Like yeah, but then that's two, yeah, but, two hours. But I and then a, another hour. I do all the show notes and stuff, so I'm listening to the whole freaking thing like three days beforehand. But then, but then that's three and a half hours of content I have to listen to in a week, right? Like, not, not if you just do it the first time and then you're. I don't know what the fucking problem. You I'm know, gonna I, go turn off the recording. Go do no, that. No, I man. like the full episode. Right. I like the episode. I like to listen to the episode. 